Warning, this program typically features respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary, strong language, obscure pop culture references, and spurious allegations. We, we, we know of new methods of attack. Greetings, and welcome back to another exciting installment of the fifth column podcast. This is your weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle, the people that make it, and occasionally ourselves. I'm Camille Foster. You are incredibly lucky. I am here, and I'm also delighted to be here. So it works out well for both of us. Uh, Matt Welch, editor-at-large Reason Magazine, also in the building. He's taking a photo with his iPhone, which is great. Uh, Michael Moynihan, Vice News, also in the building. Very nice to see both of you Good gentlemen. You howdy, Hiya. howdy, howdy. Hi, hi. And we're also joined by Anthony Fisher, Insider. Hey. He is a... Uh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> Every single week. It's not. It's, it's fan fake. service at this point. It's not fake. I'm sorry. You are a columnist. Politics columnist. Yes. Yes. Special well, covering politics. Covering politics. That's right. Yeah. And it sounds like you may be traveling to some of these various places where there are elections that yeah. are coming up. Been traveling. Going to travel stuff. again. Were you in Iowa before? Not Iowa. That was okay. the one place I didn't go. I was in okay. New Hampshire, South Carolina, probably going to Nevada next. Okay. So you may have some insights to share with us. I know Moynihan, you are recently back from Iowa. We, we actually spoke about this briefly yesterday on the Patreon yes. dispatch. On a Patreon we, we dispatch. Plenty yeah. Uncovered. We, we, well, a little bit. We had a good long one. It was like yeah. an hour and 45 minutes in the yeah. Patreon. If you uh, subscribe to that and help us pay off our debts, <laughs> um, <laughs> then uh, you will hear something. Camille and I recorded last night uh-huh. and then got online last night. Just wow. big, fast turnaround. Wow. So uh, so America could have don't it this morning. like that when you say that sort of thing. I mean, I'm not the one that's the bottleneck on the other end. <laughs> I don't want a spoiler alert on the wow. Patreon, but I'm halfway through because Moynihan finally sent me a link that I can click on. Where, yes. uh, haven't, <laughs> oh uh, I literally had to put it on SoundCloud for Matt. Because he's like, that one, the SoundCloud's like, it's just... Like the most obvious thing you in the just world. Just click the button. You just click the button. Boom. And I know you're really into SoundCloud rappers, so you're like, no. That. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Coleman Hughes. But, yeah, um, Lil Tecca, uh, maybe. The, the big reveal is that, uh, is that Camille, uh, Camille wants to unleash his inner MAGA. That's, yeah. that's what I got out of that. I'm not going to comment on that. I know. I'm just saying like that. I'm, say, for that. I'm <laughs> teeing that up. I'm teeing that up for the pay. It's yeah. so clear. I'm it's honestly your desire. Like they like it's just it's just it's swollen yeah, for what looking. it does to your reputation. It's worth ten bucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know how much um, pre gaming we want to do here, um, but if I was going to go full MAGA, this would be the week for it because I think, and I'm definitely not mistaken about that. This is probably the single greatest week of the president's administration. For him. It's probably so, and it's only Wednesday evening. I think think the way to put this is that yesterday, we're doing this Wednesday evening, Tuesday was the single greatest day to lick progressive tears. (laughs) (laughs) I think during the Trump presidency, right? Because you wake up, it's the Iowa caucus is an absolute shit show. It's It's still not over. It's It's still still not over. over. It's like 86% reporting even now on Wednesday. So you get that. You got Trump uh, getting the highest uh, approval ratings of his presidency per Gallup. Uh, It's it's like 49% or 50%. It hasn't been that high at all. And 94% among Republicans, which is his all-time high. You got that. Um, Then uh, uh, Pete Buttigieg is inching above Bernie Sanders and the amount of Greenwaldian hate for Pete Buttigieg oh is God. so spectacular. Mayor Cheat. <laughs> Mayor Cheat. Mayo, Mayo Pete. Yeah. So it's going nuts and there's conspiracy <laughs> theories. And then on top of that, Trump gives a state of the, and then of course impeachment is, is winding down into what happened today was acquittal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Trump gives a state of the union address where he doesn't mention impeachment even once. He goes yeah. full Bill Clinton 99 uh, and 
And for him, and we'll get to this later, I'm sure, um, it was a pretty good speech. Um, a, for many reasons, it's still a, an absolute garbage speech, and he's a garbage president. Um, but like <laughs> for the for for a uh, for, for Trump, yeah. it was pretty good. And like people have lost their minds. Lost yes. their minds. The, the lower standard matters a lot. For him, it was almost a flawless victory. Like yeah. the entire production. Um, so we've we've hit on the impeachment. We've hit on the Iowa caucuses and on the State of the Union. Those are the big things this week. I don't know what else will transpire. Obviously, we're still waiting on numbers to come in. Last I checked, they had like 86% of the precincts reporting yeah. for the Iowa caucuses. And still in Buttigieg's yeah. court. Still very much in Buttigieg's court. Yeah. With, uh, Biden, yeah. uh, not Biden, uh, uh, Sanders nipping at his heels, Warren behind him, and then Biden. Uh, who acknowledged tonight that it was a disaster for him. Big um, disaster. Yeah. I mean, he just came out and said it. I am not going to sugarcoat it. We took a gut punch in Iowa. The whole process took a gut punch. But look, uh, this isn't the first time in my life I've been knocked down. Not so where, where do we start? We've got so much stuff that we could I, look, talk about. I, I would say State of the Union is pretty interesting. I mean, the, the Iowa... The Iowa stuff is like a fun kind of ephemeral political story that doesn't really matter because, I mean, Iowa doesn't matter and the integrity of the votes were fine. And it was just a stupid cock up with this with this app. And there's paper ballots and everything and the conspiracies don't make any sense. Um, but I would say on the on the actual State of the Union, that was pretty crazy. The whole thing. I mean, from the beginning of like not shaking the hand to the tearing up of the papers mm -hmm. to like, and you know, these are the people that you can get. I swear to God, if I sat down with Nancy Pelosi, that I could get her to denounce the, the increasing polarization in American politics. <laughs> and you don't, I mean, these people are contributing to it in, in every way. It's like, you can, it's I, literally, I'm watching people on Twitter be like, well, he started it. Yeah, no, he did. He didn't shake her hand. Uh, then up she, until a moment ago when I watched it in slow motion, like, I wasn't sure that he'd actually seen her extend yeah. extend her hand towards him. But when you watch it in slow motion, it looks Listening like he looks right to at love her hurts. Yeah. Well, that's, because, <laughs> that's because the president is on a tear tweeting, like, tweeting out all of these videos, these very these edited video packages um, aimed directly at his adversaries, mm -hmm. just decimating them. But, I mean, them it, at key moments as Mitt Romney is up there talking. He tweets this love hurts video yeah. that was made by some memer. Um, but then as he's acquitted, the of, as the acquittal vote happens, <laughs> he tweets out another video um, that has the Trump 2020 sign morphing into all of the various years um, that may yeah. come in the future, suggesting that he will reign forever and ever. Amen. Mm -hmm. As president of the, United the States, Time magazine, it's, Time magazine it's kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. Bizarre. I mean, like it's also so he doesn't shake the hand. And then she just introduces him as the president, which is typically, what is the language they use? The amazing the Lord, Trumpy, of Lord of all, Lord of all privilege. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, um, King of all media. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, so then that's the tearing up the speech. And yeah. I'm like, at what point is like Adam Schiff going to just like take his balls out? Or something? <laughs> but, that's what I think of this, this whole thing. That's like, what I like Rashida Tlaib was like sleeping. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's that love hurts thing that is just the cutaways. <laughs> Too long, by the way, to meme guy. Yeah, make it just shorter. Carpe, well, Rashida Tlaib was not even in the room no, she, last night. She was, was she? but then she uh, stormed. I watched uh, uh, MSNBC as I was doing the dishes after the speech. Oh, that's and, right. She was there. It was other members she, of the squad but she, who weren't there. She explained that she walked out. She had right. to walk out. Um, after she heard uh, Trump mention the name Brett uh, Kavanaugh because that triggered her. That was yeah. her, her words. It was mm -hmm. too much. Too much. Watching him walk in was fine. 
but just hearing I mean, his name, hearing his name. I mean, you're not going to be able to ever comment as a congresswoman on any Supreme Court. Well, case, as, I guess. as someone pointed out <laughs> uh, on on Twitter, uh, that that's great. All you know, if there's like a divided vote in the House, <laughs> like you got to yeah. get her out of there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brett Kavanaugh, yeah, yeah, Brett yeah, yeah. Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. I don't think she's going to be consistent about that. Oh my god! But I, you know, look, I think that there are a lot. I mean, I, the best. I sent you this. I guess I don't know if you guys sent it to me or sent it to you this morning. I think the best analysis was from Van Jones uh, Mm -hmm. on CNN. Van Jones had a really, really um, smart point. And an interesting point was like, look, this is not about what you believe the president is or is not or can be or should be. Is that just objectively he, you know, had put together a decent speech in which he didn't actually, you know, go off prompter a lot, which Mm -hmm. is his favorite thing to do. And the second he does that, he gets in a lot of trouble. And he was like hammering on, on like the things that he have, has done, particularly for minorities. Need a bit of an asterisk for, for some of that, the things that he has done. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, but, but like, I mean, the unemployment rate, you know, the black unemployment, which everybody talks about. And when I was at the Trump rally in Iowa, um, last week, everyone talked to me about that. Was he always, usually he usually hits that yeah. in his stump speech. He, he's but he always went, it was, talking it was, about what he's doing for the African American. He was he went even mo- he more. Went, yeah, for sure. Like almost every detail. Most of the Lenny Skutniks, uh, the girl that he awarded like a king, the uh, the minority the scholarship, scholarship to yeah. the charter school uh, scholarship to right. um, the old uh, Tuskegee Airmen guy yeah. who was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, yeah. 100 years old, just standing up, sitting Looks down. Looks great. Looks awesome. Amazing. Dude. I think he can kick, I can kick like, everybody here's ass. Two out of the four of us, yeah. at least. I'm not sure. Did he make him a general? He did. On the spot? On the spot. <laughs> There's nothing. Yeah. You're a general now. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, it was some- Rush you know, Limbaugh. He goes, Trump a, loves the generals. It was some like reality TV monarch shit. Let's yeah, be, yeah. Let's be sure. clear. Yeah, like, sure. uh, go ahead, Melania. Just put the thing on him now. Like, Dude, honestly, yeah. though, if you're going to get a presidential medal of freedom- Do it right away. Do you want to put it on you? Like, do you want Trump- like with his fingers sort of brushing over your earlobes, yeah, yeah. whispering in your ear. Great You're thinking like Melania or, I, or do you want Or do you want Melania or Ivanka to do that? I don't, want, I don't want Ivanka anywhere near it. Um, I'm <laughs> super happy for Melania to put anything yeah. around my neck. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations, yeah, you, you are disgusting. You did very good for America. What is that accent? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, what? she's Lodka what? from Saxon. Simka. Simka. That was that ama- amazing. That wasn't convincing? Yeah, but it was like he did it on the spot, which is like, I think maybe in a way is like, this guy doesn't have... I like Time how, to wait for the ceremony. I like how Rush, who looks awful, he's going to yeah, die. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, look at him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, I, I mean that almost empathetically. Like he looks like he's sick. That's but, what I mean. But what was going on there? Were those theatrics with the hand over the face? Because he couldn't have been shocked. It had been no, reported exactly. that he was going to get this medal. Exactly. Hours and, earlier. Yeah. And, and the hands were over the face before he knew it was going to happen right now in this yeah. moment. I don't want to get in the head of Rush freaking Limbaugh, but like um, all his life up until three years ago, it was pretty clear that he was not going to be sitting in the State of the Union address uh, getting feted by a president totally. and then awarded the Medal, Presidential Medal of Freedom. That just like wasn't in the card. Yeah. So well, you can imagine that someone who like, you know, took his life totally seriously as an entertainer and he's, he's uh, a, a top notch skilled at what he does i have mm-hmm. uh, like mad respect for him as a, as a broadcaster um but also like takes himself half seriously or a third seriously about his politics like he can be genuinely moved in that moment um i think it is also uh interesting to point out because it 
reflects uh, other parts about the speech and where we are politically that Rush Limbaugh, what was it, nine months ago said, oh, yeah, deficits never mattered. Debt really yeah, never mattered. Sure. Apparently it's all, doesn't it's matter all to the BS. president. Certainly yeah. didn't get mentioned yeah. in the uh, State yeah. of the Union. No, it well, did not. he was not. giving away tons and tons of money. Just That's like, why I want another $100 million for yeah. anything. And also we're going to protect Medicare and Social Security. Forever. Forever. We're always going to do that. Um, so maybe we can dig into some of the narratives surrounding the State oh, of the God. Union. Um, and perhaps we're talking about Rush Limbaugh right now. Jesus Christ. Um, the, the, what I've heard. Word fire the, the media. Is, Honestly, fire it on the street is that can we the start whole advice? thing is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, whole, no, no comment. The Presidential Medal of Freedom has been denigrated. Yeah. The State of the Union has been denigrated because Rush Limbaugh was there and received an award. Uh, I don't know what you gentlemen make of that. Uh, you know me. Look, I love the circus. I love the circus. This doesn't bother me. The, the, the thing is, is that if anyone at this point is pretending to be surprised by any of this, they're pre- pretending to be surprised by any of this. Mm-hmm. Is that like, oh, my God, he's debased the office. It's like, really, honestly, at this point, it's like he's fundamentally changed the office and it's time to write a book about it. But has he debased not, the award? It, did, did the award matter well, more? Well, well, well I, actually, we talked about this a little bit in the Patreon last night um, was was um, the fact that it is a ideological thing yeah. it's just not it's just Obama never that to joe biden yeah i mean it's never that kind of like radio host bomb thrower yeah. maybe let's birther. give it to a culture warrior yeah i mean like you know bush gave one to robert conquest the historian i think maybe paul johnson too paul, and paul harvey and paul harvey good day um and, it totally. and uh and that's the rest of the story and did i bill Moy- total lie did bill moyers ever get one that's hey, the prob- question probably because that that actually is a pretty good uh, I mean, hmm. Bill Moyers does not equal Rush Limbaugh, uh-huh. but Bill Moyers did dirty work. On ja- the- Jack Schaefer has written about this for the Just, for the, yeah. Johnson, the Johnson campaign. For the right? Johnson administration. He yeah. was like uh, helping and, and uh, uh, I might get outing some, people. Right? He was helping to out people in 64, 65 for uh, yeah. Lyndon Johnson. Um, he like, might have apologized for that. Just for I don't know if that's true, but he might have apologized. I think for he it. half apologized for it, it in it response to yeah. Jack Schaefer. Yeah. But like, and then you know, Bill Moyers became this respected man of letters. But part of of his uh, respectedness mm-hmm. was that he was just constantly, um, you know, shaking his damn head at how terrible mm-hmm. conservatives are. Kind of like how Margaret Sullivan, you know, does at the Washington Post now, but in a slightly more, or even Dan Rather. He was like sort of one of these guys, but definitely identifiably super lefty at all times. So. If he got a, if he got one, then it's semi similar. Yeah, uh, but like it is, it's brazen. Um, it's it's a it's a new step uh, in that direction. We like there's the there's a default like swimming in it bias of the political class forever, which grates on the Camille Fosters of the world more than most. Um, and but uh, as part of that, there is a kind of unspoken don't get don't um, uh, overly lionize someone. Who, you know, don't go, don't, don't give the award to David Brock. Don't give the award to the person, don't give it to Rob Reiner for his politics or mm-hmm. for Michael, yeah. you don't give it to Michael Moore, right? Yeah. You give it to people who are like John Meacham, who's like on MSNBC. Yeah, and like Obama. talking about how terrible yeah. Trump is every day. I think Obama gave nice it to like way. John Hope Franklin and stuff. I mean, the people that have. <laughs> no, no, political, award, no award for Bill Moyers. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, you know, the people that have like a political direction of their history, but they're serious people like a Paul Johnson, like a Robert Conquest. Both like of John Meacham. Although the problem to be for, right for Donald Trump is that are there very many serious people who would be respected by all sides, so to speak, who haven't been explicitly critical of the president? 
That's well, uh, I don't who, know who are these people. I mean, I mean, he already he, gave one to John Voigt. <laughs> give one to the entire, you know, Claremont uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Institute yeah. of Review of uh, the American American greatness. awesomeness. That might, awesomeness. that might be next. Yeah, James Polis is going to get his Medal of Freedom for writing absolutely <laughs> inscrutable, like gnomish tweets that no one can understand. Yeah, uh, but all all it means is that Trump should have more power. I just want to say one thing about this that about 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 the speech in general. And I mm-hmm. think the Limbaugh thing is part of it. Three times today, mm-hmm. three times, comparisons have been made to Nazism uh, yes. about that State of the Union last night. I didn't like it. I was surprised that Trump stayed on message. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't Nazism. And the three, I, the three examples is the first one was, I think Anthony sent this this morning, is Mara Gay, who is on the New York Times editorial board, um, wrote, we are staring down the face of fascism. The differences between the Democrats are nothing. And um, uh, right below it was a blue check mark responded, uh, who is the political politics editor at The Root uh, named Jason Johnson. He says, he says, stop being so logical. I don't even know what that means. About like calling out faster. And then this, didn't you know that uh, finding the right way to attack billionaires is more important than going after a proto-fascist dictator? He apparently doesn't know what the word proto means. <laughs> not a pro- like Marionetti would be a proto-fascist. Uh, Donald Trump is a post-fascist, not a proto-fascist. Um, and then all the other blue check marks are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even get those tweets, really. Um, the bulwark, which is the um, kind of never Trump conservative mm-hmm. Thing I think that Stephen F. Hayes is uh, one of the editors. Oh, Steve, Stephen Hayes is a dispatcher. Oh, dispatcher. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, this is uh, the editor is uh, Charlie uh, uh, Sykes. Sykes. Well, Charlie, they have a podcast, and I listened to it today with a guy named Jeffrey Tullis, mm-hmm. who is a uh, politics professor and some university in Texas, maybe even the University of Texas, and it was the most maddening thing I've ever listened to. And he made a Lenny Riefenstahl comparison and a fascism comparison. Apparently he's never seen Triumph of the Will or Olympia or I didn't realize Victory this, of the Faith. The cinematography was so good. I, last I mean, night. yeah, yeah it's, it, it was, it's baffling. Um, and then the final one, Jonathan Alter, um, who you just noticed this on um, MSNBC, said, um, compared it to Joseph Goebbels. <laughs> the, what, there's no R in Goebbels. Why are we doing this? Uh, Goebbels. Okay. Uh, that, uh, he, the Reich's propaganda minister of the Nazi uh, regime. It's one thing to lie in, in tweets and the, you know, the people are absorbing them at different times and go through the news cycle. It can be, but when you're doing it repeatedly in real time, and part of it is Goebbels, the big lie. Mm-hmm. If you're saying that you're protecting people with pre-existing conditions when you're in court right. trying to strip them of those protections at the same moment, that's not just a lie. That's a big lie. And what I think is scary for a lot of Democrats is he's going to run a big lie campaign all the way to the election. And on a certain level, unfortunately, lying works. People have busy lives. They can't go to the fact checks and find everything out what, what's really true. And so I'm, 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 this speech worried me. And I think you are going to see him get a bump in the polls out of it. This is a, a, a recitation of the big lie. And the big lie is, you know, you say something enough times and people believe it. And uh, he's, it turns out Goebbels, it's actually something that's kind of in Mein Kampf, which is not written by Goebbels. But the other thing is that just to point this out, and, and this happens all the time, and you you should not be on television as a historian. Jonathan Alter has written books of history. And 
be making comments like this, extreme comments, right? Making these comparisons and not know what the fuck you're talking about. This is a problem, right? If you're making that most toxic of charges, you should probably have some sense of what you're talking about. The big lie is not, hey, let's repeat a bunch of things, then people will believe it. Mein Kampf, the Nazis were not like, hey, this is our handbook. We're going to lie to you a lot, right? And then you're going to believe it. So we're just telling you this up front. That is not what happened. It is an actually an anti-Semitic trope that was written by, by Hitler in Mein Kampf in 1923. It says, that's what the Jews do. They lie all the time. And they just make you believe it because it's this big lie that the Jews, it's not, uh, it's not an instruction book. It's not saying that's what the Nazis did. The Nazis said that's what the Jews are doing. Hmm. So it's actually an anti-Semitic thing. But nobody, of course, the thing that gets repeated so much is the myth of the big lie. And these people are doing what they're accusing others of doing themselves. They're repeating stock things that don't make any sense. Lenny Riefenstahl, this is like Lenny Riefenstahl. Lenny Riefenstahl made two explicitly Nazi movies, explicitly Nazi movies. One was a failed version of a party uh, they used to do these party rallies in Nuremberg, one in 1933, I think that one was 35. And so they're big, these big spectacles and the rest of it. And it is a celebration of Albert Speer's architecture and the huge pageantry of Nazism. I didn't see any pageantry last night. I saw no, an Oprah no. set, right? It was yeah. like, give away the car, give yeah. away the, the scholarship. You, you get a scholarship. You get a scholarship and it's like, Dad, this, Daddy's coming home tonight. I, you know, he's, he's been hiding behind just, curtain one. I, I, will say, I will say Alter, I will give him... I'll give the other two a little credit then, Mara Gay, whoever she is. Say Hitler, because that's what you mean. Don't say fascism, because that's the namby-pamby way of saying Hitler. Because what you're, you're not saying Antonio Salazar in Portugal. You're not comparing him to Franco. Maybe you're comparing him to Mussolini, but you don't know anything beyond the fact that his <laughs> jaws jutted out and he marches back and forth, Looked pleased with himself. Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, just say Nazism, because then it exposes you for the fool that you are, is that no matter how much I dislike this president, I cannot, as somebody who has some conception of the past, see what Nazis did in the early part of the regime to the late genocidal part of the regime. I mean, it was rolling towards genocide. And say this is comparable in any way. Stop it. Right. If you want less polarization, stop it. So that there are profound overstatements. I mean, it is it has become commonplace to refer to the president as a fascist. He's AOC, just an AOC, idiot. AOC also didn't make it last night. She decided not to come because she doesn't want to normalize the president's awfulness. Totally respectable. Um, but she referred to him. In her, <laughs> Sixty million people normalized his <laughs> presence. Unfortunately, <laughs> she referred to him as a as a fascist in her. Oh, she did. Uh, street as well. Um, and I mean, this is just typical. It's conventional at this point. But I, I wonder with respect why to don't what we have we a saw, media? Sorry, I'm sorry no, to interrupt you. Why it. don't we have a media that says at some point during these? I mean, I, I was the Charlie Sykes interview with this, this guy from Texas who was like, like the it was like the coastal, despite things from Texas, it was like the bubble. It was a perfect bubble interview. Uh-huh. Why doesn't anyone challenge a person at that at that point and say, you know, words have meanings. So let's give me a sense of what you is fascistic. Sound like you, you don't want to sound like you're defending him. To, to pose those sorts of questions in the wrong room sounds like a defense. Yeah, person, yeah. Which is precisely it's, precisely what I get all of the time. Oh, sure. I mean, I mean even, even from Matt Welch when I just sit down here. <laughs> I mean, you're the one that the MAGA admitted hats the MAGA hat. <laughs> Fantasies on Patreon, <laughs> only $10. Inspired, uh, <laughs> inspired by Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, uh, a thing that bothers me about this, so I, I, I tend to write uh, uh, some piece that looks at history of state of the union addresses every year 
kind of uh, I, I think it's just because at some point I spent eight hours compiling a file, a text file of all the State of the Union addresses, so I could like Control F and whatever. Um, so. As part of that process, I went back and read some of the other stuff that I wrote. And what I wrote after 2009, 2010 in particular was the way in which the now – I don't want to say sainted because that's too strong. But like a venerated or at least missed uh, president, particularly among the same press corps that, uh, that despises Donald Trump, which is, again, not that far from my own view, um, uh, just – didn't pay any attention to how much Barack Obama was lying. Sure. He was repeating a large lie. <laughs> Let's not, maybe not call it the big lie. For instance, he said in, I believe, 2009, and he certainly said this at other joint sessions of Congress um, over and over again, that the uh, compiling of the Affordable Care Act, the passage of that, uh, we finally defeated the healthcare lobbyists. <laughs> healthcare lobbyists outspent... Uh, like pro Obamacare healthcare lobbyists outspent anti Obamacare uh, healthcare uh, lobbyists by a huge number, right? And he just would repeat this over and over again. He would say he said this in several uh, State of the Union addresses. So did Trump last night, which is almost certainly a lie as well. <coughs> Excuse me, we, that we drove lobbyists out. That we stopped the revolving door of lobbyists from the administration. Uh, I remember uh, Tim Carney, who's always good uh, to read. About a lot of different I things. I saw Tim and I. Um, I wrote at the time as a pre-buttle to Obama. saying like, Obama's going to probably say that he, you know, stopped the revolving door of lobbyists. You should know that, and this is, again, uh, 2009, 2010, that he's given waivers to like 60 <laughs> of them. So we've stopped this except for the 60, basically everyone who's come up and like say, yeah, you know, I still want to lobby. Okay, cool. You get to sign here. Presidents do this. Presidents lie. They don't lie equally. They don't lie in the same way. There are pernicious lies. Um, there are lies that pit Americans against one another, which are kind of most of the lies ultimately. Uh -huh. Um uh, but there are de degrees. I think Donald Trump lies more than any president. But in we've the context in of the State of the Union last night, I mean, obviously, <coughs> I, I certainly remember many of the Obama administration lies. My, one of my favorites is jobs created or saved when they invented a new economic That's metric right. for gauging the, the success of the stimulus package that they pushed through. And I believe he said during the State of the Union, must have been 2010, that the Recovery Act had saved or created 200,000 jobs, which was like 50,000 over even the estimates that the Obama White House's budget office had come up with, which is just, just great, is what the president engaged in last night substantially worse than what a typical president does in a State of the Union address where they try to put the best gloss or just explicitly lie I, I would, about the success yeah. of their policies, where they yeah. take credit for the success of the economy, despite the fact that the positive trend that you're taking credit for began under your predecessor. And it's almost, like, yeah, almost the, the record low trend lines. The record low unemployment number for women that you're referring to, like we didn't start tracking that until fairly recently. So yeah, it's a record, but relative to what? Uh, look, there's, there's, there's one uh, big truth, I guess we'll say, <laughs> is that the economy is doing reasonably well right now, right? Mm -hmm. And um, there's... Some numbers that, that are kind of, you know, playing with, I mean, there's, there's a couple that are a year old mm -hmm. that I noticed in there. But, you know, this is the same kind of massaging to your point. I think the thing with Trump is that when he doesn't go off script, as he did last night, and that was, that was a written speech. Yeah. It, was, it was a very labored over speech, you could tell. And it hit the points he wanted to hit. He, you know, very, very uh, heavily hit um, 
uh, race in, in, in a way of like recasting himself there, avoided, of course, impeachment, was not Trump, who's always angry about the stuff and trying to hit back. The shaking, not shaking of the hand is the closest he's going to get to that. But it was it was very perfectly calibrated. There was an, there was an environmentalist thing about you're going to plant the trees, plant trees and stuff <laughs> like that. I mean, you that was say like, climate change. Yeah, you say we're going to plant a lot of trees. Yeah, plant, I mean, they're plant a lot of trees. And there's um, uh, there was a healthcare bit, which was about as not conservative as as one could imagine. They all applauded. They all applauded, they of course. It. They don't care. And We're going to protect your health care. Yeah, <laughs> no pre-existing no, yeah, which is a problem. A, which, by the way, is a lie. The pre-existing yeah. condition yeah. is a total lie. I mean, he's yeah. lying through his teeth about that. But um, the thing about Trump is that it, it it's, to Matt's point, you just said kind of under your breath in a way, that there's probably no president who's lied as much as Donald Trump in, in recent memory, if not in the history of the presidency. And I think that's true mm-hmm. because every, I mean, I've never seen anyone so blithely. He's made the determination that he can lie and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And that is a determination that I think most politicians could make, but are stopped by this kind of you know, moral sense that I can't be lying all the time. You think it's moral or uh, self-preservation? No, 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 no. Well, I, I, well, I think there's, I think it's probably both. Because they think, do it and they tend to do it in very particular ways I, I, well, yeah, about it's, particular it's things. It's the particular ways. It's, yeah. It's yeah. The, I think there's also this idea, like I don't think most people, um, even if they're politicians, like are comfortable just literally lying about <laughs> everything I mean, Joe, and anything. Joe Biden, uh, when he was slammed for uh, plagiarism and, 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 and uh, fabrications in 1987. He did a hell of a lot of lying. Uh, part of it was that he was uh, transferring other people's life biographies onto himself. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, Trump does that constantly, in it, but in a different way. Like he, the the rally that he was just at, whatever, wherever it is, he's exaggerating the size of the people. Like the first, the first main act of his presidency was like forcing forcing Sean Spicer, hard to say, <clears throat> to lie about the size of the crowd. Uh, it, at the uh, at his uh, inauguration, right? So he's mm-hmm. like constantly telling small little lies, make stuff up about <clears throat> Joe Biden. Sorry, Joe Biden uh, had went to Iowa and he just talked in a in a in a, in a tiny like gymnasium. There's just like a table and twelve people, like there isn't. Stop. And then he'll yeah. tell that story over and over again. He tells a long story. Um, I don't know how long it's been uh, if he's done it on this campaign trail or not, but he did in, in 2015 and 16 all the time about. Uh, 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 General Pershing in the Philippines oh, yeah. dipped a blood, yeah, uh, yeah, dipped yeah. a bullet in pig's blood, sure. went to a village, <laughs> shot a Muslim, uh, yeah. and then all the Muslims were like, "Whoa, pig's blood!" Because you know Muslim, uh, and because of that, they didn't mess with Americans anymore. Totally made up, like a hundred percent, just <laughs> made up. It's <laughs> also totally insane to think to make up. Like as the president, your parable is shooting a Muslim with a pig's blood bullet. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of sick. He does this so much. <laughs> Sorry, so, but that's disgusting. So, like, the part in his speech uh, to semi address your question the part in his speech where he started doing that i just mentally checked out because i've heard him say it over and over again the sanctuary cities and and uh and all the the terrible horrible violence and we've we've stopped five trillion murderers and and all of these things all of those stats don't check out right. they don't come close to checking right, out right. and they're also absolutely attempting to whip up a frenzy to uh, mislabel and misidentify what the even the phrase, the unfortunate phrase, sanctuary cities means, which all that it ever meant went back when Rudy Giuliani was defending the concept vigorously in the mid-1990s in New York, is that, hey, look, big city police departments that have a lot of immigrants, they want to be able to 
have law enforcement without everyone deciding they can't talk to the cops. That's just basically what it means. It isn't like, hey, are, did you did you do the murders and the rapes? Yeah. Come over here. Yeah. We've got a nice <laughs> – give you a hot dog. Yeah. We'll keep you safe. Right? Yeah. So like – We've got a he, small apartment. He right? does that so much. <laughs> it's a studio, but yeah. it's nice. You get numbed <laughs> to it and you check out. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. during this part, I'm just going to sort of like uh, send tweets to Moynihan. But, I, but I suppose what I'm getting at, not to belabor this, uh, because oftentimes oh, we'll have conversations God. here oh, where we will where we will go in on the president and where we emphasize the fact that he is a uniquely deplorable liar. And I think it's this delta in terms of the volume and frequency of Trump's lies, perhaps the magnitude and significance of Trump's lies as well. Obviously, lying about crowd size is one thing. Lying about something more important would be another thing entirely. And I'm just, I was looking for an example and just couldn't find uh, well, one right Well, the wall, the wall, the threat the wall of, is only, uh, the threat even of, that is only so important. It's exaggerating your accomplishments the way most presidents do. <laughs> I, I suppose what I'm looking for here is if there's any way to justify the most egregious charges that are leveled at the president. He has been in recent weeks and days, he's been called a dictator and obviously, he's been called a fascist, as we just noted, it, in large part, I suppose, because he wasn't going to be impeached, which everyone knew. Um, and apparently, because he's you know up for re-election, might lose and will probably leave. So I don't know how that makes him a dictator, but perhaps because he's not facing consequences for the bad things that he's doing. But I'm wondering if there's any way to justify the most searing barbs that are thrown at him by the people who dislike him on account of the fact that he lies I don't, I I think that's, that's a semi interesting line of inquiry, but like you're then just kind of working back from other people's hyperbole constantly Mm -hmm. uh, when it seems to be more worthwhile to work back from the president's own hyperbole since he holds power. Yeah. Right. Um, So, you know, the way that he talks about the threat from foreign countries or certain types of immigrant populations, we just block Nigeria from coming to Nigeria is not a small country. Right. And it's not and it's not (laughs) not at all a particularly threatening country in terms of the people who come here. No, absolutely not. Uh, Nigerians, I think, are the richest uh, immigrant group. Is that right? Is yeah, that, is that true? They're, they're either they're the top three for sure. I know yeah, that's, that's that's possible. So like, let's let's Anthony will look that up. Let's just <laughs> like make the travel ban uh, hit those people as well. Why not? And right. it's and the words used to justify that as the words used to justify all of the immigration actions of of this presidency, this administration, which have been historically restrictive. We haven't seen anything like it, actually. Right, right. Um, so that affects actual human beings trying to come to this country, many of them in desperate circumstances, many of whom, as there's been reporting this week, uh, after we said, go, you know, get out, uh, have died uh, since in, in Central America and elsewhere. Yeah, I saw that. I think Human Rights Watch had a report about that today. Some almost 200 people who've been sent back from the United States. And I haven't checked the, the math of it. Killed. Human Rights Watch usually yeah. does decent work on, on things like that. But, um, but those are real world uh, things that matter to me more than the hyperbole of Jonathan Alter. Uh, it's a yes and. Sure. Like that hyperbole from Jonathan Alter is infuriating because uh, as Michael is rightly, rightly points out, just go ahead and say Hitler. Just go ahead and do it and let's talk he through it. More explosive, and, yeah. and then we can chuckle at um, you. I mean, but, and, yeah. but the uh, thing about the speech, which was is interesting, is that it wasn't American carnage. No. Yeah. Right? And I mean, it's typical of presidents. There's a sprinkling of American carnage. In there. their third year to say like, oh, we did, we had the American carnage yeah, no, right? in three years we fixed it um, but uh, <laughs> so it's going to be more sunny and you know we're better off than we were, were before uh, but like he does lie a lot uh, what I hate what, what, what I not hate what I uh, hope 
to not see, and I'm afraid that sometimes I detect it outside of this room, is the correct uh, diagnosis that, yeah, look, they all lie. And not only that, but they lie without being called out on it. Uh And the same people who were saying, lie, 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 the the strongest right now, super didn't call them out on it last time. In fact, uh, you know, during the Obama presidency, there were plenty of people who said, like, you know, can Obama even win re-election considering how honest he is. I, mean, I swear <laughs> to God, that was a Time Magazine piece. Uh, most, totally The most transparent administration in history. Most transparent, all that kind What's of stuff. What's your greatest weakness? I'm just too honest. Uh, <laughs> seriously, too honest. But like pointing all that stuff out is not, to me, an excuse to not point out that this president lies his face off. I wrote a column. Um, I've written two midterm columns. I'll see who assigns me this one this time of uh, the president trying to win re-election. It was uh, George W. Bush for the Orange County Register in 2004, and it was Obama for the New York Post in 2012 of why I think that the incumbent should not be voted for. My reason for Obama, he lies too much. My reason for Bush, he uh, increased government spending and debt and deficit too much. What has Trump done? Both of those except even more. Yeah. Um, And like – to have people who beat both of those previous presidents up on those precise issues retreat to a place of just saying, hey, look, you didn't beat him up on those issues either. So maybe Trump's not that bad is disappointing. You should always hold every president accountable, even if the goddamn media doesn't. Yeah. One one final thing on the line is that Trump, first of all, reminds me of the kid that everybody went to high school with who was a liar. Did you ever have the liar kid? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a kid on my dad who's uh, <laughs> in the Space Force. But like, He's a leader of the Space Force. Like, he used to be in the Beatles, actually. Uh, like that guy? But like, would you, uh, even like, uh, like so Moynihan, for some, if, uh, to, to outrage Tom Nichols, is not wearing his shoes right now. The kind of liar why who is. that? Why does that outrage <laughs> because, Tom Nichols? Because uh, he like, likes to have shoes on. How do you know that? Do you not follow Tom Nichols on Twitter? Like I mean, half I of his Twitter just, feed is like, my God, someone took his shoes off on a plane. Uh, you know, people out. who tweet shit like that, I'm just like, I don't care. About At any rate, own. like, no, but like, just don't the really. kind of lying is like, no, I'm wearing shoes. Like yeah. right in front of you. Oh yeah, of right in front of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. it's that kind of thing. Plus I think one of the damaging things is, is you know, I, the altars of the world bother me because they do, they do violence to, to, you know, uh, history into into the words that we uh, deploy in history for 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 very specific reasons. I think in that Trump thing is that when I'm talking to Trump people, as I was last week quite a bit, is that um, the, they're lie they believe the lies. Mm-hmm. Like the ones where he's like, I knew this guy, you know, and he came over to me and he was like, you know what, this is the best thing that ever happened to me because of you. Like you know those stories, those like parables that he pretends are real. Okay, fine. It's just he's that kid from 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 high school. But the ones that that are specific, like, you know, everybody's all these Mexicans are raping people. And, you know, we've actually built X amount. You know, that is I, I wish more people were like Ann Coulter in that sense, who said, you know, he isn't I'm not I'd vote for Bernie Sanders over him because he didn't build the wall. Mm. Whereas all the people that I talked to last week seem to believe that he's like halfway done with it. And that's because he's told them so. And he also has his minions in in the media like like the Sean Hannity's who amplify literally anything he says. Anything he says, they will find a way of, you know, making it into a truth. And that is the that type of lying actually has a really, you know, t- to Camille's point of like, yeah, it's just a bunch of idiot people in the media. Who cares? The hyperbole is 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 what it is. Um I think there is a reason to care, but, but, you know, in the broader sense, it's people, people who vote for him, believe it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it gets out there and Fox is a great example of the, being the tribune for that stuff. And it's so, 
I mean, when I watched Lou Dobbs' show a couple weeks ago and I tweeted it out, I was shocked by the stuff that the guy got away with saying. I mean, got away with saying. He can say whatever the hell he wants to show. But, like, it's an amen choir. I mean, no one's brought on to challenge him. That makes really boring TV. You know, John McLaughlin and McLaughlin used to tell people they're wrong and then tell what the correct answer was. But at least <laughs> at least Eleanor Cliff was pushing back on him, you know. And it's it's just boring. And that is, I think, the pernicious thing about about Fox, uh, certain shows on Fox, I shouldn't say Fox, mm-hmm. but certain shows on Fox is that is that they not only allow this stuff to happen, they don't skirt the lies and amplify the stuff that is true, um, like black unemployment rate. I mean, is it because of Donald Trump? <laughs> well, that's a different story. Yeah. Um, everything's been trending in that direction anyway. But they allowing those enormous lies to be repeated and amplified and somehow uh, having a, a panel discussion of people um, telling you why it's true, it, then the lie compounds itself. Yeah, and I see a lot of that, a lot of that of like, wait, what? How are they getting to that point? And and it looks as if they're doing like showing their math, and people are like, oh, that makes sense. So I think it is. I think that his lies are, um, and of course, I can imagine the criticism people listening to this saying, look, what ones are you talking about specifically? That would take too long. But I will say that I've seen them be quite effective. Um, quite effective um, amongst his own uh, base. I mean, yeah. just uh, looking at the sex trafficking, whatever he said about that, uh, look at uh, Elizabeth Nolan Brown uh, uh, wrote last year about the same claim that he made. It's just like it's it's a fantasy number, whatever he says mm-hmm. about it. And he, he like, like with the issue of vaping, uh, thinks for a hot second that this is going to be the thing to attract, uh, you know, the soccer moms out there. I want to say one quick th- policy thing about – Black unemployment, actually, and and uh, unemployment, uh, generally speaking, the theory of the case among immigration restrictionists, um, uh, Ann Coulter, Mickey Kaus, uh, Donald Trump, Stephen Miller, is that if you choke off the supply of low-skilled workers, it's going to be good for uh, low-skilled or, or non-degree-holding workers in this country, particularly, although not only – Black workers, young uh, people in America. Sure, um, it's Bernie Sanders' argument too. It used to be Bernie. Used Sanders to be argument. Bernie Sanders' yeah. argument. I, mean, um, I think if you if you get him in a room and you push him hard enough, he will go right back to that argument. So the hundred <laughs> percent. The trend line. <laughs> One. I mean, people are right. He does not change his mind. Yeah, he just least on that. underemphasizes things. <laughs> the trend lines from Obama. It is true, or in many respects, it's just basically the same trend line for the last nine years. And there's going to be a moment when, because all these things end up popping at some sure, point that sure. it's going to all go pear-shaped. And I really, really do not look forward to that moment uh, at all. I think it's going to be really bad uh, for the country. Uh, however, I, uh, I can predict that the president will blame the Federal Reserve at that point. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's already pre-blaming them now. Yeah. But um, but it, it should be pointed he out. He has no idea what the Federal Reserve <laughs> does, by the way. The, <laughs> the uh, labor force participation rate is up a little bit. It's just a little bit, right? Uh-huh. It's a, It's uh-huh. been above 63%. Uh, for the last six, seven, eight months, which it hadn't been since like 2000, I don't know, 15. You can go look at the BLS. They do it month by month. Mm-hmm. Um, that under Obama had a long, steady, slow crawl. And people said, you know, it's irreversible. It's, it has to do with the baby boomers aging. Um, the restrictionist case, and I'm not a restrictionist, was that if you don't have low skilled workers coming here, we're going to suddenly see that the teens and other people are going to be coming into the labor force. And it's going to be particularly good wages at the lowest are going to go up highest. They've had data on their side. At least result, they've had results on their side. And I want to point that out um, just because I disagree with them otherwise. But it's worth thinking about and challenging one's own premises uh, as they go through it.
Well, I want to talk about impeachment specifically for a little bit. I'm specifically interested in the Mitt Romney and Susan Collins of it all, because that is pretty much the only aspect of this that folks have focused on today, because it was a foregone conclusion how the vote was going to go. Um, The only question was uh, early on anyways, what is Mitt going to do? Mitt had done all of these interviews with various people where he really poured out his soul and talked about how he agonized over making this decision. I, 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 I'm inclined to believe him. He's uh, a Mormon. It's, it's hard. It's hard not to. It's hard <laughs> not, not to feel for, yeah. for Mitt a little bit in the moment um, as he talks about being feeling somewhat torn about this. Um, uh, he voted based on his conviction, and he voted uh, in favor of convicting the president on um, Article One, which is the abuse of power thing, but mm-hmm. not Article Two, which is um, obstruction of Congress. Obviously, I sympathize with with Romney a little bit here because I'd reached pretty much the same conclusion. But I wonder about Collins perspective on this. And I I saw that she tweeted out a statement. I don't know that she read anything from the floor. I presume she didn't. Um, But in her statement, she outlined her reasons for the conclusion that she reached. Um, And I don't know if anyone else took a look at that or heard anyone else's rationalizations for this. There's obviously one school of thought that says, hey, look, we've got an election coming up. Let's let's let them make the decision. But certainly when it comes to like the article two piece of this, the obstruction of Congress, I think there's a, a, a reasonable argument for Republicans to lean on here saying that Democrats in the house, like as because of perhaps political expedience decided to push this through rather than calling witnesses, subpoenaing them and going to the, ju- to the third branch of government justice and saying, hey, look, can you help us out so that we can actually speed this along and make some determinations about what the president has the ability to, to prevent us from getting. We want these people to testify. He won't allow them to make a decision quickly so we can figure this out. They didn't want to do that because they were concerned about how this would look for them. And also their rationale, which I disagree with, mm-hmm. is that we have to stop him before he crimes again. We have to do this before that's, the election. That's the other part of that. And there was a lot of overheated rhetoric, I think, related to that, um, particularly from Mr. Schiff, about the real estate transaction that might take place as soon as all of this was over. Like, if you don't stop the president now, he'll sell Alaska to the Russians and we'll, we'll stop supporting Ukraine and then we'll end up fighting Russia over here, uh, I think was one of the assertions that was made. Moreover, as one witness put it during our impeachment inquiry, the United States aids Ukraine and her people so that we can fight Russia over there and we don't have to fight Russia here. Have the old flypaper theory, right? Yeah, that borrowed that, so well that one Iraq. from uh, W. Yeah. Classy. Um, but on Article 1, I wonder if the argument she made there or anyone else made holds any water with the folks in the room. I, um, I am, have not been impressed with the argumentation of anyone who disagrees with me. I think that's the mm-hmm. most important thing. Um, <laughs> No, like it's it's been one of the reasons why the ratings of this stuff went down uh, and you just had to look away unless you were paid to to look after a while is that everybody embarrassed themselves, I think, or most people embarrass themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, either uh, there's maybe less embarrassment on the Democratic side if you agree with their ultimate conclusion. That is, um, they were hyperbolic. They were dramatic. They were wrong about quite a few things. Um, but the Republican obsequiousness 
uh, of it while like cloaking it in like high principle was god awful to watch. I mean, Rand Paul always trying to out the whistleblower. Um, it you know trying to ape every bit of language trying to. or aping. <laughs> he or, actually yeah, yeah. he had a placard in Congress <laughs> with the guy's name on it. Or in, you know, I mean, it's just like what uh, the uh, the the thing that I want to highlight from Romney today that I think is kind of interesting to grapple with one is just like if you haven't seen the video of him talking about it and of course mckay coppins who like owns the romney slash mormon beat he's a mormon any, any journalist is great like he's produced a lot of really wonderful stuff about that he got a, a really he didn't know he did grow up mormon he, he yeah yeah um and, and he uh uh but he had the piece that explained romney's rationale that it was embargoed right until one uh, romney gave a speech uh it's it's a very interesting uh, article you should uh, read it mm-hmm. um but uh, what interests me is that the what are the centers that that kind of create or f- or from which emanate actual non lefty opposition to Donald Trump? There's three, right? There's the Libertarian part, which gave us Justin Omash here. There is neocons, um, you know, the Bill Crystals of the world. We talked about David Frum, who is just like frowning so hard on MSNBC right as I was coming over here, um, and, and then you have Mormons. And Mormons, some of them are sort of libertarian leaning and some of them are, are neocon leaning or they're, they're just Mormons. But those have always been uh, since 2015. The first coalition. Remember that the day that every every Mormon elected official from Utah lined up against Trump after the grab by the pussy tape. Yep. It was in October. That I day. Mean, yeah. I was in I, I was in Salt Lake City. That, that, oh, my yeah. God. Really? That's yeah. incredible. I was trying to get Mike Lee and the governor, I think, at the time. Who's the governor then? I can't remember the um, but the governor had also come out pretty hard against Trump. And, and so uh, no way. And, Idiot uh, Chaffetz, yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and yeah. then also from Idaho, uh, Mike uh, Crapo or mm-hmm. Crapo, however you say his name. Uh, Was that Herbert? Yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, no, but it's always been this the center, and it's it, it's interesting to kind of look at the differences between. So the only two people, only two kind of once were Republicans who voted. Uh, for impeachment or Justin Amash and Mitt Romney. None of that is surprising. Mm-hmm. What What is interesting, so if you look at the tape of Romney um, making his uh, speech, did you, uh, if, I don't know if you've seen it. Uh-huh. Uh, he chokes up. Yeah. Like there's like a 12 second pause. Yeah, into I, don't, it. I don't think that's performance. And, and it comes, it's no, actually it's, it's kind of moving and interesting and mm-hmm. I recommend people watch it. Uh, and it comes just after he says, religion is the most important thing in my life. Mm-hmm. Right? Or something along those lines. And he just like... <clears throat> get it together, you know, kind of thing, which is really interesting. Justin Amash, who I uh, know kind of well, um, religion is a hugely important thing in his life as well. And he was like high-fiving Romney. And it's interesting to see the kind of trad cons, the new illiberal traditionalist Claremont uh, cons out there coming out guns blazing for Romney of like, you know, oh, you're moral preening, cloaking this in like religious principle because so many people on the right. There's what used to be known as being a Republican. Exactly. Right. Um, but, which, but is which, it, which is one of the quotes that Romney gave to McKay Coppins. It's like I used to think I had the miss a great quote. I had the misapprehension uh, or the miss. Uh, belief that uh, what united us at the end of the day was a common adherence to a few set of principles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know I now know that's not true. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder, though, about something that Romney said in a couple of these different contexts along the lines of we we reach different conclusions. I hope that we can appreciate or respect the fact that we're reaching those different conclusions for honest reasons. And then to say at the same time that, you know, I am essentially being honest about this and Everyone else 
is choosing party over principle. Like, is there is there not a defensible argument? And I say this as someone who it's weird because my own feelings about this, I would have voted with Romney, but I would have done it despite the fact that the case is circumstantial in the sense that there isn't a smoking gun and there isn't a body here. Like there is a lot of stuff that points in the direction of the president almost certainly had in his mind extracting some politically advantageous favor. But but I mean, we have to we have to make some assumptions about it based on the circumstantial evidence. And for for Collins, when she it it would have. Yeah. yeah. But when Collins in her in her um, remarks points to the fact that, look, I mean, we're trying to deduce the president's motives here. And that's hard. And when it comes to impeachment, there's a very there is a very high bar for this for a reason. And when we're talking about impeachment in the context of something where there's a non-crime, in fact, it's something that's difficult to define. It's not unreasonable to imagine that some people would reach this conclusion. There is a universe of people who believe um, and I'm not one of them. I'm on the opposite end of this spectrum, but a universe of people who believe that degrading the standards by which we actually engage in this process of impeaching and potentially removing presidents from office is something that we shouldn't do too frequently um, or frivolously. And if we're going to do it, then it has to be a really, really high evidentiary. Which we, we, the we, Kenneth, and, Star argument. and the yeah. violation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the violation. Exactly. I'm trying to think other time has happened in modern political history. I can't. So yeah. Not, not, not Wasn't it about Vernon Jordan trying to get somebody a job at Revlon? Respectable arguments are. But I'm just wondering if there isn't room for that. here. There, there is a respectable okay. argument, um, I, which I disagree with, but it's respectable of saying, hey, look, election year. Let the voters decide. Right. I, I, I kind of get that. Although argument. Mitt dismisses that argument because I, he and, says it's his responsibility as a senator to make a determination. I agree this. with him. I think that he's right about that. But I like I get the argument. I just happen to disagree with it. Sure. What I don't get and I think is a disreputable argument um, is that, um, you know, he abused power. I've already been convinced of it. It's 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 uh, the Lamar Alexander ar- argument like. Basically, the House managers are right, so mm-hmm. I don't need to see more evidence yeah, of right. that. And therefore, um, even though he abused power and he did the crime that he said that he didn't do, um, and it was not a perfect thing. Not a crime, um, but yeah. Therefore, I will um, uh, decide not to um, uh, even have evidence and also vote against impeachment and also, by the way, endorse Donald Trump mm-hmm. next time, even though I'm retiring. Yeah. That is like there is nothing. And, and so many I people, imagine we can find footage of him cheering and chanting ben, four more years last night. Ben Sass and Lindsey Graham and a bunch of other people. But Ben Sass, I mean, you expect Lindsey Graham to be bad. But uh, uh, Sass, uh, you know, people once had hope for him to who all came out and like, you know, I think. Lamar Alexander speaks for a lot of us, like a whole bunch of us. Good. So, like, tell me who all those people are, and I will cheer for them all to leave office. <laughs> Seriously, because it's, I don't want more evidence because I'm already convinced that he did the bad thing. Um, and so, therefore, I'm going to vote against for all of that and all, and then endorse it. Like, that's it's it's incoherent. Completely incoherent. Fear-filled yeah cult of presidency bullshit it just there's no there's uh, that's not respectable i'm not gonna argue with you there to, to camille's point i think there is a respectable argument that i i vehemently disagree with that can be made and i mean you can make those in both sides of the clinton uh episode you could make them here too 
the thing, though, is to determine who is actually making that argument. Mm. And there's not a lot of people that you see in the way they acquit themselves on Fox and during the impeachment hearings themselves and when they're talking about it and talking to their constituents about it is like, this is a witch hunt to get the president. It's like, <laughs> it's like, dude, don't don't you know, don't do the Casablanca shock that you're, there's gambling here. I mean, this, this is the, the, the Republican uh, Congress. And from Newt Gingrich in 1994 to the end of the impeachment trial, we're trying to get rid of uh, Bill Clinton because they didn't like Bill Clinton. They mm-hmm. thought he was one of the worst things that ever w- were to happen to the republic. And do you remember Travelgate? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> to have Hillary Clinton firing Seriously, the staffers. Travelgate. 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 There, were, there were a lot of weird gates in that one. <laughs> a lot of weird gates. I remember someone writing a cover story for the American Spectator about how Bill Clinton cheats at golf. And that was a, <laughs> it's a big serious. And I saw the author of that at a Trump rally uh, just a couple of days ago. I'm yeah. sure um, Trump has never cheated at Yeah, golf. definitely not. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, the, the arguments that are made, it's like these people pretend that they cannot believe that Democrats are trying to take a shortcut to get Donald Trump out of office so they don't have to run against him. Yeah, of course, that's called politics. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like it, but don't pretend that you're shocked by it. And then the other thing is that is that I think that I keep coming back to, and now I have to come back to it with Mitt Romney, is that there are consequences to being a fucking asshole. And that's what Donald Trump did. He was an asshole to Mitt Romney. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, that whole setup dinner thing in which then he yeah. mocked him ruthlessly. Yeah. It's like, don't do that because you know what? People come back, you know, it's like the mafia movie of like the, the, like the little, the little kid who gets, you know, is trying to be made and he comes back with his hand shaking, sweating and shoots the guy because yeah. they disrespected him. It's like, you know, I know it's not going to have a, 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 a big effect. It's just him. Yeah. But there's a lot of these with the intelligence community. There's a lot of these with people that, that he could have extracted positive things from he did in foreign countries uh, too, who have no interest in working with him because of the, the way he comports himself in public about their countries. I mean, there's a million examples of that. It's like, that's the most base thing is that, you know, you treat Mitt Romney like that. And then you're like shocked that he is going to be like, you know what? Yeah, he's a bad dude. There's, and it's interesting, it's worth underlying a little bit. This is three impeachment trials. First time the own, the president's, political party had a single senator to vote for impeachment. It's the third time it's Mitt Romney, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and it would have happened in the House had Hamas not, not left the party, which right. and interestingly I was a point that they made multiple times during the trial in the Senate. The, not a single Republican voted in favor of this. Not one. Not yeah. a single Republican. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting to imagine a world where they wouldn't have been able to make that argument exactly the same outcome. But, but also, like, not mistaken here he was the party's most recent presidential nominee right it's mm-hmm. not like he's a completely insignificant uh, figure so to watch all the josh howleys of the world come out guns blazing for watch his own niece whatever rona mcdaniel mm-hmm. um come after him uh remember it's, 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 it's the last two i mean yeah. remember mccain's thumbs down um right. That's right. And, and the the way that mccain was was uh was treated after that and it's those last two republican nominees who are like two to you know if they're and, and if w wasn't so lazy yeah, yeah. well that's true yeah <laughs> and like it, I, I always love the logic if you know if these guys had just been more conservative we would be barack obama yeah. it's like mm. and it's like oh no no i mean like turnout would have been no it wouldn't have been yeah. this is bullshit but if if any enterprising listeners want to help me out on this because um, uh, we have a TV 
show that I've mentioned coming up that I'm doing myself. Second half. Uh, it is. Huh? It is. It is shooting a little bit. Uh, shot a little bit in Iowa. Shooting a little bit next week. Um, one of the things that I've been doing and we've been playing around with is like the Robert Schmeigel fr- fun with real audio and is like just grabbing hilarious, weird clips from from uh, cable news and the good juxtapositions of these things. You know, like The Daily Show has always done that very well. Um, but there's a there's a better way of doing it, I think, because it's not it wouldn't just be sort of kind of uniformly one ideology. But the one thing I would ask people is that if you have any if you remember any of the Mitt Romney stuff where you see somebody on television in the past 24 hours talking about the, the, the just the real upright, uh, you know, statesman, statesman uh, with his with his nice lantern. John is like, he's what the Republicans need as a state. And then go back to when he was a fascist. <laughs> like who was it said he was like, going to be the most dangerous. Some, uh, 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 Times columnist, I can't remember who it was, said something to that effect that like, this is the most dangerous nominee I mean, of all time. You probably have this already, but uh Bill Maher uh, at least has come out since all of that and said, oh, yeah, all those horrible things that I said about Mitt Romney. Um, yeah, we didn't really mean it. We didn't realize <laughs> that like Trump would be so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah I mean, there's times both like a good admission and just it's a, a good horrifyingly admission. Yeah. bad admission. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, yeah. I was I was watching a, a rerun. I don't rerun. I was watching on YouTube a John Oliver episode in which it was about public shaming. Um, and there are parts of it that are really good and there are parts that really piss me off. But he interviews Monica Lewinsky and he does this thing attacking all these people who made these jokes about Monica Lewinsky and late night shows and the rest of it. And he's like, oh, and then there was me too. And it's like, oh, and I'm, I'm really embarrassed by that. And then just like moves on and interviews Monica Lewinsky about how, how these jackals that attacked her. And like he dresses it, but not, mm-hmm. not a ton. Not really. Uh, yeah. It's just like, really. yeah, sorry. We were all, we were all like that. Yeah. But the Mitt Romney thing i just thought of this now binders if, binders full of women it's uh, not that was so that many, was yeah so many of those things were so binders obviously and flagrantly contrived yeah, yeah the i think binders, that's the thing about the like binders the, and the and the uh and the putting your dog on the rooftop of the car uh-huh. oh yeah it's yeah. it's not it's not a, the I thing about cool. the thing about watching republicans <laughs> debase themselves <laughs> throughout throughout the impeachment <laughs> process and fall into line with the president and and quite frankly to see that and since we're talking about the state of the union in this context as well in conjunction with the State of the Union last night, where they were all clapping like trained seals for policies that they have in various ways opposed for years and years and years and years, applauding every new entitlement and giveaway that the president was championing from, from the dais there. It's, crazy. it's not at all shocking to see it. It should surprise no one. It's also the case that Democrats like have the capacity for oh, sure. that sort of they thing too. And it's, yeah. it's not to say, it's not to, to allude to both sides as a defense of the president. I just, it's, it's hard for me to get away from the reality that the whole thing is kind of screwed up. But you know, Camille, a, I think what's shocking way. about it, there is something shocking about it. And I think you're right in the sense that, that, you know, this guy was my opponent because he was on the other side running for president. Now he's doing something I like. So now I'm, I'm big upping him in the way that like, you know, you did with David Brock, who, you know, wrote an anti Anita Hill book and called her a little bit nutty and a little bit slutty mm-hmm. and then becomes a hero of that. Okay. You can play ball with that stuff. The thing that actually is shocking is like the act, the actual core principles that to find out that they have none, yeah, yeah, like yeah. literally none that like free trade is now a bad three. I suppose that's true. And it's like, yeah. That kind of, that stuff actually does kind of shock because like, essentially all you're left with is a cult of personality yes, at that point. That's it. And and I think that's when I think about the differences between Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders if that was like the eventual contest. 
with Bernie Sanders, I would almost certainly always be analyzing like his actual policy proposals mm-hmm. and the things that I know he believes. And with Donald Trump, it's it's a mess. Like I don't actually know what policy proposals he's advancing apart from the fact that he is incredibly hostile towards immigration. On virtually anything yeah. else, I can imagine him doing almost anything. That's right. I mean, I, it's true. I, I, <laughs> I mean, Maggie Haberman this morning referred to it as a non-ideological speech, which I understood what she was saying. Uh-huh. And I, there's, it's, it's super ideological in places, but it's not an ideological I mean, speech. The, I think the, it's more culture war than ideology. Yeah. The Super Bowl, Bowl, I mean, compared the, to the, the Bloomberg ad. The campaign finance reform, um, not campaign finance reform, the criminal justice reform ad that he ran during the Super Bowl. Like, that's incredible. It's okay. incredible. And compare it to Michael Bloomberg, who ran an uh, an ad in the same Super Bowl about gun control. Yeah. Does everyone remember Bloomberg's gun control in New York as a happy event for the minority? Like, yep. it was stop and frisk, dude. Like, it was literally stop and frisk. It was cops going to poor neighborhoods and shaking them down. Right. And have we turn out your pockets, even though marijuana is not really illegal. But if you turn it out and show it to people, we can get you. Right. That was his idea of applied gun control. It does was, anyone you know, talk about this? I mean, seriously, does like anyone us. talk about about the fact that there's so, so many of those really harsh sentences that disproportionately hit uh, minority communities in places like New York City is because there are weapons involved. And if you have like an unregistered, unlicensed or a gun with a filed off serial number, you're getting a pretty pretty brutal sentence. Yes, I mean, uh, and I wonder, I just, I don't know if anyone talks about that as maybe we should, because it butts up against this idea of having a really, really harsh regime of penalties for people carrying illegal Bradley, No, there's no one who talks about that so far as I know. And it's, it's untrue. Bradley Balco, place, Bradley Balco, um, who uh, was he on the show? Yes, he was. He called in once. Well, uh-huh. Called in once uh, back when we used to do call-ins. Um, he pointed out a couple of years ago that, um, if you look back at what are the elements of like the 94 crime bill or the sort mm-hmm. of mid 90s things, what are the, what are the aggravating elements that cause minorities in particular uh-huh. to receive longer sentences? And I know, Camille, you don't like that frame of <laughs> reference, and that's fine uh, for the moment. Um, but he said the most the most <laughs> aggravating factor or like the 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 single thing was uh-huh. was uh, weapons more uh-huh. than drugs. Mm-hmm. Like if you were seen to have a weapon in, in the commission of a crime, the chances of you being uh, hit with that if you were a black person is way higher uh, than anybody else. Uh, it's it just the the criminal justice reform that passed so far with the first step back, which is just a small amount. There should be a lot more coming up. Hopefully, I would I, I would hope um, they looked at basically two big categories of crimes: um, drug crimes and gun crimes. Gun put a gun in the mix and that just sends people to jail forever. Yeah. And and Bloomberg was the perfect encapsulation of them both. And like this should be, I wish that, that Trump was even less ideological or less predictable than he is with his ideology. I agree that the most unpredictable part of it, I would never have bet on this after having been to the, uh, with uh, at least uh, two or maybe three uh, of you, uh, at the Republican National Convention when he had a whole day that was the law and order day. Uh-huh. And it was like, uh, you know, blue lives matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crime will stop. <laughs> what is that voice? Sheriff Clark, oh was, particularly Sheriff Clark was there. is yeah. incredible. Like to have that guy be the person <laughs> to have a Super Bowl ad about criminal justice reform. That is totally unpredictable. However, uh-huh. the speech itself to me was just Le Penism. I mean, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. it was, it was point. Yeah. welfare state, America first, our yeah. nationality first. Sure. 
if you if you try to kill us, we'll kill the fuck out of you. Um, <laughs> right. It like it made sense. And like uh, and I think that uh, that even uh, especially Trump's critics should take it as a kind of a teaching moment. He's he's solidifying this realignment here with the barking seals in the audience who will just go to wherever the power is. Um, but he's solidifying that that is a use, usable kind of set of ideologies in this country. We're going to protect our borders. We're going to build transportation here and infrastructure here instead of over there. Even and we're going to take care of everybody. He hasn't really brought the troops home. I was really hoping when he had the mom and the two kids up uh, for that moment, I was sincerely hoping that he was, and and I'm happy that they're reunited with with the, with a the father. I'm I'm not talking trash about that, although it's a it's a bit of a trashy kind of production value. Works though thing, but uh, what I was sincerely hoping and that he would act on and think about is that it was just a gesture towards the families who have been stranded by pointless, never ending occupations. Mm. Like that's a great point, and I would like him to act on that by pulling the fuck the troops back home. You know, it would be interesting too. And I did a piece um, where I went to a prison in Oakland, uh, outside of Oakland. I can't remember where it was. I think it had an Irish name. It's like Dublin, California. Is that a real place? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Okay. It was Dublin, California. Um, And a woman who was getting out of prison when Obama was uh, commuting sentences. Mm -hmm. And the last like week and a half. Yeah. 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 But I liked it because it was better than no last week and a half. And I think that at this point, Trump has done this for, you know, Kim Kardashian and there was a bit of it in the in the um, State of the Union last night, and like, look, you have you have a a a base of people who are probably not going to abandon you for this. Your, your voters are are going to going to remain with you, and particularly if you're running against Bernie Sanders, do that more. Do a whole bunch of that. We have people who are nonviolent drug offenders who are stuck in prison forever. And he talks about second chances and last night and this shouldn't, uh, you know, ruin you forever. Do that. What is the consequence of that? If, if, like you look like a humanitarian, you look like less of a racist and everyone's calling you a racist. And it's great for everyone. It's great for America. It's great for, you know, uh, criminal justice reform is like even if it's a nakedly partisan thing, who cares? I don't yeah. care why they're doing it. Just go out there and like, you know, look. My, my vote, I'm going to lose votes for doing this. Maybe there's some people on the fence that are kind of more centrist and they think, God, Trump's a little extreme. You know, Bernie's like way extreme. I don't know. I'll probably just sit this one out and like something like that. Maybe it would help. I don't know. But the thing that would help is that, it, you know, him to actually take that through, as you say about Obama, is like the last, he did quite a bit, by the way. Um, yeah. and, and I'll give him a huge amount of credit for that. But I wish they had done it the entire time. And, you know, it's, it's, those guys are all drug warriors, no legalization, no to gain marriage until until the the weather vane changes a little bit and then they become like right now i think that he could do that successfully and not actually um you know not particularly with republicans i mean as, as you point out they're trained seals they'll clap at anything they'll, they'll go along with they'll it. go along with anything yeah. so why don't you make do and, something and there was good a little bit of pushback when he when he tried to do criminal justice reform but he got them in line and and look i i will say this i don't i won't say that i called it but I know that I said um, when he was elected, and I know that I've said it to DeRay um, and a couple of other people. You're the only one work, who knows that. Yeah, that <laughs> ought to be trying to work with him. to break into his house. Because to the extent you're actually willing to talk to him, like it is entirely possible that you'll get something out of it. And I'm not so shocked that he's the guy who ended up giving them criminal justice reform. If he's and, actually, a, and the Obama he's not administration a deal. managed yeah. to, to not do anything of great consequence on those issues. Not permanently. No, game. no, um, not permanently. But like, you know, if no, you, if you can take advantage, you can take advantage of 
of a guy who pretends that he's a quote unquote deal maker and he's he he's extraordinarily bad at it. Mm-hmm. But if if you're if you're good at it, you go in there and make him feel like he's good at it sure. and, and and you know work with him on these things. I mean, Kim Kardashian um, I actually sound, I almost sound like Al Sharpton in that video where he says Kim Kardashian <laughs> um, and then Fran Drasher. Um, <laughs> free beacon. Yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly. It's a great compilation. The uh, Al Sharpton versus the teleprompter. Um, <laughs> so funny. Um, I've watched it so many times that I know it back to front. I know all the, I know all the lyrics, but, uh, but yeah, like, I mean, if, if, if the whole thing is of course a performance to him. And if you can convince Donald Trump as Kim Kardashian did Mm -hmm. that this is like, you know, people will love you in X community and Y community and you'll get, it'll be great for you, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he didn't, nobody criticized him. Rush Limbaugh, Hannity, nobody criticized them for doing what he did with when Kim Kardashian came not, calling not openly, twice, right? Not openly. Was it twice Ka- that she came? Kanye, Kanye West was pushing that too, as well as Van Jones to Tom, give them a little bit of credit. Tom Cotton. Hey man, Van Jones, I think we've said this before, Matt and I agree, you don't, but What's I think that? Van Jones is uh, like, like a, uh, a no, like, no, he would never come on. <laughs> like, uh, just it, it, a little bit. Uh, I, was, I, was, uh, <laughs> I didn't know what he was signing. Yeah. Um, he's a good uh, broadcaster. No, he's a great broadcaster, but I, I would say that he is somebody that I look at in 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 the kind of nomenclature of like you know youth sports as most improved player. It's white lash. Yeah. Uh, well, look. I mean, yeah. there, there's a. I mean, I'm not saying this is a guy that I agree with in a lot, I, but his analysis the, last night was the m- only sensible one that I saw on TV, with the exception of James Carville. Oh my god! Yeah, and they Carville like couldn't do it. Dragged him out of a trailer. Oh park. my god! Yeah. He was like, I got LSU gear on. <laughs> I got shirt, rugby shirt, LSU hat. He oh, had, did you crazy. see him? Like, go, go, dear listeners, go watch the clip. Jeez. It's on MSNBC for like twenty minutes. They had him yeah. on a long time, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's, and like, he's like, a guy. He's like eight pounds. He looks like the fucking Batan death march. He's just absolutely walked. dead, and he's like Brian Williams, Ari Melbourne, MSNBC, which I uh, I, I watch generally uh, speaking because it's the opposition television. Um, but I makes you go on it all the time. A little bit too, but yeah. uh, but also like because uh, Chris Kornacki. Oh my God, people! Did any of you watch Chris Kornacki try to struggle through the Steve, Iowa I, thing? I, I, Steve, Steve, Chris, what the hell? What are you talking Chris about? Cornell. He's, yeah. Uh, sorry, did Steve. You say, Steve's a listen to the show. I know. One of my favorite friend. guests of all time. No, I, I was going to ask him to come back, but I know it's like crazy Newsweek. So we edit edit, edit my Chris week. out to make it Steve. Yeah. Wait, can, yeah. can you just say that you were thinking of the guy from Soundgarden. That's actually going to be the totally. cold open. Chris Cornell. Yeah. All right. Go hungry. Please. You were, you were saying about Steve. No, just that Steve, like uh, when Iowa Democratic Party, who's been absolutely crapping the bed on this stuff, so was bad. sending him bad information like the day after that he had prepared all these note cards and stuff yeah. and everything on his big board. And to watch him do that live was as stressful as a TV watching experience. I've had. No I mean, that's one. It, that's one thing you cannot blame Steve Kornacki <laughs> absolutely for. Absolutely right? not. not one thing, as if there's lots of others. To but like that's Iowa something you for can. a little bit. Um, I think Sorry, there's Chris. something about that moment that is indicative of the sort of broader universe of insane media coverage on Monday totally night. Yeah. Like the expectation was that we were definitely, for sure, going to get these results like in a couple of minutes. And the fact that you have to wait until like the afternoon of the next day. It's actually not a huge deal. Exactly. But it turns into <laughs> the apocalypse. Yeah. And it was pretty bananas. And it is trying to an mix- instance of the DNC totally shitting the bed and on, on something that is so basic and fundamental. Like It's not just that you have one job, Iowa, on this night. DNC, this is kind of the whole thing. Yeah. It's the Super Bowl. You don't even have to do it every damn year. But this is the thing that you do. You guys are there 
in town. You're supposed to make sure this works. You've got an app that apparently you haven't tested. But the problems were deeper than the app. Actually, Tim Carney, who you mentioned earlier, I was yeah. reading Tim's piece um, as he was watching uh, some of the, the caucus unfold in front of him. People who were doing like a combination of head counting and then there, there are folks who like leave and who don't get counted in the second round. There was all kinds of fuckery that is yeah. taking place in these caucuses that just totally created complete calamity. And the media helped to amplify this and turn it into complete chaos. Obviously, the, the president apocalypse. was helpful as well. My portmanteau um, on that, by the way, I just realized this is going to work. What's that? Uh, I was going to say cockpocalypse. <laughs> and I realized it doesn't sound good. <laughs> right? I can't pronounce it after you've drank that much. I've had a lot to drink. And, and also... It cock, sounds closer to cuck than cock. Yeah, cock... Apocalypse. <laughs> it's a movie that I saw. The other um, day. But I but I want to talk. <laughs> I, I want to talk about the media aspect of this. But I think it's it's somewhat obvious. I, I also want to talk about the the sort of dynamics of the race because we do have New Hampshire coming up next week, and then we go to South Carolina. I believe is next after that. Um, it doesn't look like Biden is. Is it what's what's that? For Nevada you? then South Carolina. It's Nevada then South Carolina. Saturday, right? Yeah. yeah. What's Nevada what, finger there? Yeah. Is that what he was doing? Yeah, the shape of Nevada. Nevada with your finger? Yeah. yeah. So yes. what what is it? What does the race look like in Nevada? Who's on top there? I, I don't have if a clue. We, we looked at the polling. Okay. Now, what the hell is wrong with you, Pete this Buttigieg? Is what you guys do it's not Pete, Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Um, so Pete Buttigieg obviously overperformed in iowa we yet to know for sure if he's actually won iowa it seems very likely that he's won iowa but even if he came in second it's a huge yeah. huge deal it's great i think the one consequence of hit of the news not delivering that night or not coming in that night is perhaps he would have gotten more of a bump if not for the catastrophe of the the dnc meltdown and then the media the subsequent media coverage and the and the media meltdown on him for for yeah. declaring himself winner which, which is, he was right about um but but he was even his sort of declaring himself a winner he was actually pretty qualified in that he said the numbers haven't come in yet yeah but it's obvious that Oh, iowa has chosen a different direction like we've yeah. done very well here i'm gonna call this a win which I think that's kind of what you do Who as a candidate. Cares? I don't have a problem defending yeah. Why do that. people care? The bell rings no, in the 12th care. round and both the fighters go you in like, we arms. won, we won. That's exactly won. right. Who cares? That's what you're supposed and to then do. The, and then the bald guy who's this big is going to come out and tell you who won the fight. Which <laughs> was, it was that guy's Iowa name? or New Hampshire where uh, Bill Clinton was the comeback kid? <laughs> New Hampshire. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah. He's like in third. Yeah. I mean, like, there's all these. I mean, look, the, the, the media, when it comes to this kind of stuff, this, when it's on MS and CNN and Fox and everything, it's just a jobs program for unemployed, like, political people who used to work on campaigns and administrations. It's like, <laughs> I, 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 like I don't need these people talking. Like, nothing happened. We had nothing. They, they fucked up, okay? Yeah. The Iowa people fucked up. They're super nice. Iowa nice. Their fucking app didn't work. And then I got to have these idiots on TV. This is a portentous moment for the Democratic Party. No, it's not. Yeah. You're going to forget about this in three weeks. Or, you know, all this stuff will be all of these primaries. The only thing you can say about this is the caucus system is dumb. Period. <laughs> End of story. We're go Let's go to the next block. Well, okay? I, think, I think the caucus system is, is interesting. I wonder exactly how things worked out with respect to the Buttigieg win. I, it's not because the reporting again is just all over the place. And most of it has been focused on what went wrong. How did this happen? Is it, is it clear to any of you 
um, whether or not Buttigieg was sort of always in the lead or if a lot of this was sort of the second ballot movement that he was, was taking place that was actually was, helping him to really, really dominate I think last night. Final... Because I think we, I remember last week we talked about this and I, I mentioned the fact that Biden was no one's second choice. And it's very clearly the case Buttigieg that Biden was, yeah. was no one's second choice last night. I don't know that Buttigieg was necessarily like a huge second choice for people, but to the extent people had already filtered themselves into the Bernie or Warren mm-hmm. camps, like there are a lot of hard people to imagine people would find their way to, to Pete Buttigieg who, who were sort of favoring the presumably moderate Joe Biden. Also and um, in the field, I, it's not presumably he's a moderate. I, yeah. relative to I, the I mean, look, and I talked to a lot of people who, who preferred Andrew Yang. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a lot of people that I talked to that was like just scattered out. They were like, they really liked Andrew Yang and they didn't think he had any hope of becoming the president. Which makes it hard to caucus. But, but yeah, exactly. But, but, viable. but they also liked Pete Buttigieg because they liked this kind of insurgent outsider with no name recognition will shake things up. And mm-hmm. I'm sure even those people, I'm um, you know, Yang was polling at like 6%, 7%. And that's a significant number. Finishes, looks like he's around 1% right now. Yeah, but that's, that's caucus world, right? I mean, it's totally different. The first round of voting, he was more like four or five, which was uh, up from his last 538 adjusted pre-election poll, which is just under four. Yeah. Um, I think the, the, I mean, look at that, look at that 538 uh, uh, last poll because it's striking. You have Bernie at 22, Biden just under at like 21 I believe that it, uh, uh, Buttigieg and Warren were very close at around 15 mm-hmm. uh, apiece. And so for even the first vote to come in and be Pete up six percentage points there and Biden down yeah. six percentage points from there is is itself telling. And and to me, that's the most optimistic. I was kind of rooting for this thing to happen because it's the only chance that Buttigieg has anywhere close to this election is to do well in Iowa mm-hmm. and New Hampshire. So to win in Iowa and he's already up in some polls. I mean, he's increased in polls in New Hampshire. Bernie still has a commanding lead um, because neighboring state too helps mm -hmm. too. what that does is it change changes the the way that the center lane looks like, especially if you think about like, is Amy Klobuchar going to last much longer? Uh, If not, where where does her votes go? Uh, Buttigieg's theory of the case is that like, hey, look, we can't go full crazy socialist. But yet we can't just go back to some, you know, vaguely warm body that's been around for 50 years. <laughs> also, and, he's 500 years old. And on the wrong so. side of a lot of issues. And he makes no one excited. Yeah. Not a single person, except yeah. for maybe, you know, like uh, the, the turkey buzzards circling uh, uh, Way to dismiss overhead. the opinions of every black person in the South. What, what do you think we're even doing here? I know. <laughs> oh. Yeah. We, are te- we tend to just dismiss the opinions of the black person in the room. Throw <laughs> um, uh, a disclaimer on that question. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's that's, um, that's uh, we're talking about Camille. Um, <laughs> the interesting thing about this will be what happens, what the, what the realignment and one would expect a realignment and strategy from the Warren campaign. And I think that I, the thing that I found most interesting about uh, the r- raging, raving Cajun was uh, <laughs> what he tried to say. Tried about to communicate him. to Warren. That was crazy. Yeah, but you know, it was funny because yeah, yeah. he was like, I like her. She good. Stop, and then talk, so stop talking about yeah, that crazy resume. stuff. You know, exactly. Uh-huh. Right. Nobody fucking picked up on this. Yeah. And there was like, he's talking about like the trans thing that she, she said. It's exactly what he's saying. He and it's like, where, not where she suggested that a trans child would yeah. select her or at least approve her pick 
for yeah. secretary of education. That's how that, nobody that's likes how that works. stuff. And yeah. and he's like, talk about healthcare. Yeah. Talk about, you know, talk about um, your own jobs, personal talk story, about your personal story all that stuff. Do, do that I will need resonate. to do the thing where I clarify and say, I don't actually have a problem. If she has a trans advisor who's helping her. To no, was, she said a trans person. high school kid. Right? I she do said, have a problem. High she school said kid. she wants it's the high school to be a child. Yeah. The high school is the problem. A child. She also didn't say like which trans. She just said a trans child. Yeah. As though they're all the same. It was a great, it was a great sort of Regal moment. <laughs> Clearly. Get me a trans child. <laughs> Bring it in the rickshaw. I tell you, just go to Brooklyn. They've been trying to coach trans children oh. into existence. Oh, at my oh, okay. oh, 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 sorry. Okay, Whoops. Joe Whoops. Rogan. Relax. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. Like, it's Relax, like- Graham Linehan. That's for some people. That's a, that's a deep cut there. It's a fucking Ted reference. Um, but, <laughs> I don't even know what's getting ready to happen there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you, I want it to happen. No, I, you will see because you're. You will, but I'm gonna I'm gonna save Matt here <laughs> and just talk you. over him. Thank you. I'm gonna <laughs> save his life. Um, <laughs> the one thing I noticed at the Bernie rally, I asked everybody about Joe Rogan, everybody, uh, and they were all like, "I like Joe Rogan." These were like Bernie people from Iowa. They're like, "No, he gets good guests on, and he gets people he disagrees with." I, I think this controversy, such as it is, is stupid. The Bernie people I know are not, on average, particularly woke. They're actually no. generally mm-hmm. kind of creeped out by it. And for the most part, they share pre- pre- previous Bernie, previous incarnation of Bernie's perspective on this, that it boils down to, to class. class. Yeah. And it's not about race or gender. Or they are much more things. correct than, than, than the other side yeah. on this. And I think if you know, what is the, that I think um, Bernie would be a much scarier candidate if he were to have abandoned those things. Although it might've been harder for him to, uh, to, to keep AOC and company on board. He's moderated a little bit, you know, because in, in response to some of it, he uses but, the word racist a lot more in 20, 20 than he did sure in 2016 for sure and you remember the the seattle stage invasion when mm-hmm. he was talking and mm-hmm. the black lives matter people yep. came up and i think that i think he kind of tacked a little bit in the direction after that but it's it's a lot of the people um uh like idiot poll do you know that yeah the um subreddit the, the, yeah the reddit yeah yeah there's a, this thing idiot poll which is mm. a, I thought it's stupid poll stupid poll sorry stupid yeah. poll uh which is a subreddit uh of uh, like basically like a Marxist of mm-hmm. leftists and all they do is make fun of identity politics and woke people. Mm. And there is a real community of people out there. Um, you know, we talked on the Patreon uh, about that uh, YouTuber mm-hmm. who did the uh, contrapoints. contrapoints who did this as another Marxist woman who did this very long thing about cancel culture. And, you know, Our listeners uh, like her. Yeah. Listeners really asked, like asked her. us to get her on the show. Yeah. Which I'd love to. I, I don't suspect it's easy. She's kind of, she's kind of a big deal and, and, and we're, not as big a deal. That's not true. We're no. a huge what? Deal. We're gonna cut even yeah. even with our powers cut. combined. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. Oh, come on. All of that. What happened? Maybe, maybe she would come and talk to us. She yeah, would Adder- tell. Adderall timing it just, is just like. Um, well, he just took the Xanax. I saw him do that. <laughs> <laughs> he got all dopey for a second. Yeah, but like you know, like the Red Scare podcast, yeah. um, which I really enjoy and. It's uh, it's actually really funny, and I really like th- those two women are hilarious, and and they're just super lefty Bernie people who just don't care yeah. about pissing off the woke brigades, and you should just follow them both on Twitter. It's they're super funny. Well, they well, just don't care. So. Well, to push through to the other end of this uh, Iowa conversation, so we can wrap it up. Obviously, as we've hit on it, anyways, earlier coming up is New Hampshire. Looks like uh, Bernie is on top there. Biden is second place. It's not obvious how things. I think he is. I think I'll bet you right now on air that in either case, it doesn't it doesn't matter what the polls say today as the 
didn't really matter what the poll said with Iowa. It's not clear how that will shake out, but it does go to Nevada and South Carolina after that, where Biden is up in the polls or has been up in the polls. And the expectation is that he will do particularly well in both of those places. I don't imagine he will bail no matter how badly he does in New Hampshire. Um, But if he were to do badly in Nevada um, and South Carolina, that would change things materially. I don't know if Klobuchar bounces uh, before any of this Probably happens. Probably not. But, but, but one thing that is notable is that Biden's lead in South Carolina has shrunk yeah. in the last 10 days. Like, and where, where, are they, where are those people uh, going? But right, right now, uh, Real Clear Politics has Biden at 30 percent, Bernie at 17 percent. But a week ago, Biden was at 41 percent in, mm-hmm. in South Carolina. Oh, wow. That's huge, actually. Yeah. So it, it remains to be seen what will happen. Steyer and, and Bloomberg are coming up. Yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder if you all have any sort of inclinations about what's developing on that side. I don't really do any sort of prognostication at this point, as I've warned, because I have no idea how things are going to shape up. But I'm interested in your feelings, about Bernie. This. Honestly, yeah, I, I went to two Bernie events. They were both packed. Uh huh. Packed. I mean, granted, you know, Vampire Weekend played at one, and Bonnie uh-huh. Bear played at the other. Michael uh-huh. Moore. You know, was there and star power. There. Susan, I, 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 she said she wouldn't talk to me, and she said she wouldn't. Um, Who's that? And, uh, Susan Sarandon. <laughs> it was like, I was like, no, no, I, I play ping pong. No, <laughs> you trying to make a play. Uh, I did, I did make a play. We did hook up, but that she wouldn't do the interview. Um, that's a joke, people. She actually wouldn't let you talk throughout yeah. the entire. Yeah, she's like, shut your mouth. Don't talk. Yeah, you're so reactionary. <laughs> um, but those events were really something to behold. Um, I agree. I think, I think it's Bernie. I can't. I couldn't yeah. believe. And by the way, you know, I mean, he they, was a little bit half speed the second one mm. because you know he'd been flying back and forth to for impeachment stuff. But even when he's at half speed, he's good, man. He's good on stage. I mean, this crowd's compelling. Are They're passionate huge, about man. And they yeah. comes out and it is rock star stuff. Yeah, rock star stuff. And they're just like they're. I mean, everyone was drinking and like there was like bars that fell. And like it was a it was like a fun kind of carnival atmosphere. And I, it might be the Iowa nice thing, but everybody I talked to. And I said, when I told them the things that I disagreed with them on Bernie, and they were like, super, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally get that. We get that. But, you know, I think that Bernie's like, it was not just a bunch of, like, pamphleteers <laughs> from college. Yeah. There was just there, I met a couple of farmers, I met, you know, just like, you know, ordinary, ordinary folks. And yeah. then a lot who were, you know, deadheads, you yeah. know, tra- traveling around and following Bernie from, from, from place to place. But the enthusiasm there was, 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 was really remarkable. And it was comparable to Donald Trump. And in, in almost every way, the difference with Trump is they oversell tickets to the Trump thing. Mm-hmm. And there are 8,000 people at the Drake arena and they'll sell 15 and they already have the screen, the TV screen set up outside. Mm-hmm. So they're, they know what they're doing. Right. And then they like, it's the old club thing. We talked about this mm-hmm. other night mm-hmm. where you make the line really long to make it look like it's cool. Mm. And so everyone was outside in the freezing cold, like watching this on the thing. And like, they're manipulating that in a very smart way, but the burning people, they're just letting everybody in. And it's just a, it was a big kind of carnival like atmosphere. It, it his, his, speech the second one struck me as a little angrier than the first one and he denounced the dnc actually Mm. which you know uh rashida talib in the previous event that i was at um booing hillary Hillary clinton Clinton and Mm. was forced to to walk that back and but the next two nights later or the next night bernie sanders he was in he wasn't there at that one he was in washington he came for for the cedar rapids Mm -hmm. one and he denounced the uh, dnc i can't remember which one of the sanders surrogates was asked um on one of the cable news networks about trump stirring shit up about the dnc rigging it against bernie and they asked him directly is this a fair election do you think that there are shenanigans going on and he said not currently 
<laughs> Who said that? <laughs> I don't remember. It was a Bernie surrogate. It. it was a Bernie surrogate. Yeah. I mean, not not currently. Well, not currently. I mean, and this get, was this was before the returns didn't come in it was, that night. Well, it, it, I mean, all you have to do is see Michael Moore get up on stage uh, after mm-hmm. the after uh, them announcing that they had shifted the rules again for Bloomberg to get uh, into the debate. Oh, yeah. That's what he led with. Which is actually, I mean, it does seem fishy. Ah, come on. Of course <laughs> it does. Of course it is. It does course, seem yeah. fishy. I just wonder what's going to happen with, with, go ahead, Fish. I, oh, sorry. Just, it was, it was Jeff Weaver who was a senior advisor on Bernie's campaign also in 2016. And did I get the quote correct? Uh, yeah. not it, it is not currently rigged. Last yeah. time it was rigged. That's the quote. Uh-huh. On MSNBC. Yeah. yeah. There's so much like conspiracy waiting to happen. It's there. Among yeah, yeah. Bernie but people. It's, you, it's I mean, like in a way it's like I expected. I mean, the guys on him, even a member of the party and they don't, they, they don't. And I they mean, don't want him. No, they don't want him. And they all, don't want him. The Bernie people are handing out these pens. I got one that said, uh, Bernie beats Trump. And it said like, uh, beneath it in small letters, there's a pen that said like, I, I think in every poll or in all polls or something like that, that, you know, that thing that the DNC says that he can't win, we need somebody who's more moderate, isn't true. And that's a line that they're really, mm-hmm. they're really going at now. Be- before I disagree with y'all about uh, Bernie being the nominee, uh, I want, uh, I'll draw one parallel, which is interesting. I was talking with Matt Kibbe, uh, formerly Freedom Works, now Free the People. We did a podcast thing together and he was someone who was around in 2012 uh, at the Republican National Convention when he was very involved with Tea Party groups. Uh, and that was a very striking convention because the Romney-led RNC was aware of all of this new Tea Party energy, this Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, and also grassroots activists, and also Ron Paul, who mm-hmm. you know they had to change the rules to make sure they couldn't seat enough of his delegates to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And so they... We're all smiling on stage about these people, but backstage, we're absolutely just stiff. I mean, it's Walter Payton stiff arms. <laughs> At least a couple of you know, I, I get that reference. Um, I, it was I amazing. Uh, and it wasn't just, it, it was Ron Paul Tea Party people, but also uh, some social conservatives too. Mm-hmm. And those people had huge protests and were like crying and like, I'm not leaving this party. I'm going to change it from within. Yeah. And you know what happened to those people? They yeah. all became Trumpified. Mm-hmm. Not, not to say that they had their minds warped by this person, but that, that they were activated and they'd seen what happened when the establishment goes against you. And they're like, okay, I'm going to go for who's got the biggest brick to throw through the window. And it was obviously Donald Trump. And the parallel that I would draw is in the 2016 uh, mm-hmm. Democratic National Con- Convention, yeah. which is way more raucous than the 2016 Republican National Convention. Why? Bernie bros doing the same thing. And then, and of course it wasn't just bros. It's probably more women than men. Um, uh, marching out, duct tape over the mouths, protests, all this kind of crazy stuff was happening. Dissension in the ranks, outsiders who were into the process for the first time, very similarly to a lot of these people in 2012 in, in the Republican convention, radicalized by how much they had been forced to eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, they are so strong in yeah. their passion. Yeah. And that is going to express itself, especially at a time of weak parties. However, I still believe that Bernie will not get the nomination. So who gets it in your estimation? I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm rooting for actively at this point in that field, uh, Mayor Pete, by far, hmm. um, because I don't want Joe Biden because um, he's are, the sins have already been committed. Um, 
of Mayor Pete's sins are to come, you know, national hmm. service, whatever crap he's going to come <laughs> up with gonna, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> is, is going to come. But at least he's uh, young. He's good on one or two issues that I like. No, seriously. It's the but, first thing you mentioned. That's right. Yeah. No, actually, this is leading. Like, leading uh, I don't want you to have your fingerprints over the Patriot Act, the 94 crime bill, the immigration law from 1996. There's a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> yeah. that Joe Biden has done. The internment of the Japanese. I mean, he's, <laughs> he was there. What, he was like, he was right there. there. Look him yeah. up, he He said. was like 60 at the time. <laughs> but no, no, he was marching with Martin Luther King. But you remember. Biden's support has been shown as weak, especially the second mm-hmm. order thing, right? Like yeah, yeah. people back him because they think he can win. Oh, that's right. And once they're shown that he can't, they're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, let's go over here. That might be the crumbling. Um, but yeah. like at the same time, even in Iowa, which is way more progressive or not way more, significantly more progressive than a lot of the other primary states. Yeah. Even there, the center lane is bigger in that first vote than the progressive lane. And like, how do you overcome that in in a year where Democrats just want to slay the beast? Mm -hmm. Like, can you can you beat the guy? Okay, you got my vote. Yeah. Joe Biden has that energy right now. But the moment that he stops having that energy, where do people go? Do they go to Bernie Sanders? I'm not so sure. It's it's not obvious they go to Bernie Sanders, but Bernie isn't going to lose any support. And and I know the national polls will steer you wrong at this if you only pay attention to those. But Bernie is doing pretty well in those. And if we can extrapolate from that and look at the various states that are coming down the line, he's doing relatively well in all of those states. He's likely to win a place like California. The the thing about later on in the race is that once Bloomberg actually gets involved in the mix and he is already just destroying it with campaign spending, if he's actually able to turn that like 10 percent support that I've seen in like some national polls into something materially significant on the ground, he and Klobuchar and Buttigieg and Biden are splitting up the same voters over and over and over yes, again. Yes, but it, but it just Democrats Bernie, hate Michael Bloomberg. They may hate him, but some percentage of them, as a consequence of name recognition and everything else, and the and the percentage I think that gives them a and the percentage that he's likely to get though is again still not Bernie supporters. Like it's Biden supporters, right? So and, and to the extent Klobuchar he's taking goes, numbers from there, it seems like there might be a lane for like a Bernie to take advantage of. I that. agree. I agree quickly. Sorry to, to, to bore everybody, but like, so if the center lane is bigger than the progressive lane, uh-huh. but the center lane has three and the progressive lane has two, which is what's going to happen. Yeah. That's literally what's going to happen. Cause Klobuchar is going to go, it's going to be Bloomberg, Buttigieg, Biden's going to be the killer bees here. And the progs over here. Um, that is a recipe for a beautiful, beautiful clusterfuck. I am really sad that the white supremacist sitting to my right, Matt Welch, is ignoring <laughs> Deval Patrick's <laughs> influence in all of this, who is just really sneaking up from behind. Yeah, wait, it is, is he it is, black? It, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, the one thing that I will say, just a small, tiny thing, is that you know, the, the people with the tape over their mouths and... and um, I was in Philadelphia, right, in, yeah. in 2016. And in Cleveland, uh, I think I've mentioned this before, I was standing next to a screaming, howling Ken Cuccinelli, who was like, get the, these, this, there, we, our delegates, like they were trying to unseat Trump. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was screaming at the top yeah. of his lungs. And all of those guys, all the Bernie people came back 
they're going to have the tape in their mouth again. And like all the people that were the dissidents and the, and the Republicans all just joined the Trump yeah. movement, mm. uh, the Ken Cuccinelli more than anyone. I mean, that's. And that outsider energy is so potent. Yeah. It's super strong. And, yeah, and so like people like me should never discount Bernie like that. Yeah. Support is is incredibly strong, but it also doesn't play nice with others. I mean, you, and that's you, a problem in the Iowa caucus because you have to go to like the yeah. next choice. Mm-hmm. Last thing I'll say about this. Um, if I were in the business of prognostication for fun Z's and probably for real Z's, I might say broker convention because it's very ah, possible. Every year they get, say that. You don't get there. Every I think this year fucking, in particular. Yeah. This it's year in particular. It's always a broker convention. I'm just one, saying. One thing I'll say though is we were at the 2016 convention, the Democratic convention. Do you remember when the Bernie people um, stormed the press tent? and Including Susan yeah, yeah. Sarandon and Danny Glover yeah. and um, the guy who made Gasland, the movie. And I was just thinking about like that palpable energy. It was so palpable that Sarah, uh, Sarah Silverman and Al Franken actually gave a special message from the stage to mm-hmm. the Bernie or Bust people saying, calm down. Yep. And it didn't do anything. That's right. It, it, it actually made it even worse. Dude, that's that's I, the other possibility yeah. here. Like a genu- to the extent the Republican Party is like debased and will completely abandon all of their principles, the schism in the Democratic Party is so yeah. for real. But yeah. like what that presages – um, is that if a Bernie wins, you will see Democrats. No, they'll unify. They will do the thing that that Republicans have done under Trump. Say, like, oh yeah, I was a Democratic Socialist all along. <laughs> exactly. I wonder. I honestly wonder what the coverage on oh, MS no. yeah. will be like. You know, I mean, MSNBC. I, I agree with the Bernie people that Bernie gets a, a pretty rough. Uh, time in the media. I don't think it's a big deal because mm-hmm. it hasn't dented his support in, in so many places. Mm-hmm. But it is pretty clear when you watch MSNBC and CNN, they're, they have no love for the Bernie Sanders campaign. This gives me a thought, um, a prediction mm. um, based on nothing except for, <laughs> uh, except for uh, wine and uh, past history. What did Donald Trump do in 2015? Shock the world. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You have yeah. MAGA underwear yeah. at this point. Shock the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he went after Fox News. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. does Bernie turn on MSNBC? Because they like we watched that James Carville bit. That was twenty minutes of an, an anti-progressive yeah. commercial, mm, anti-Bernie, yeah. anti-Elizabeth Warren. If she's going to go in that direction, yeah, kind of thing. Like, oh, oh, oh. You, you don't don't turn into the Labor Party. That was the message. What? What? what yeah. Which is totally crazy in a lot of ways because the, the, I mean. The comparison uh, between Jeremy Corbyn and, and Bernie doesn't make a, t- mm-hmm. a ton of sense. I mean, mm-hmm. if Bernie was saying like, you know, my friends in Hamas in Hezbollah, like <laughs> that was that would be like, oh Jesus. Well, he does have Linda Sarsour pretty, as an official surrogate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, I don't but, think he's getting he her out of there. Oh, yeah. well, I don't think we'll he's see. getting her out of there. I, mean, I think he'll probably ignore her at a certain point if he if he's gaining momentum. She won't stop talking. But, That's yeah, the problem well, for he's him. Just mute her into a <laughs> um, but but the, the the thing that's unifying amongst the Trump. And 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 Bernie base, and it's always like talk about like oh trade, immigration used to be in a way of of working class wages, et cetera. And there's all of these overlaps of kind of populism. But the one thing that everyone ignores is, and when I went to the look at all that Bernie stuff back in the day, and went through all of those old tapes and through the columns and all that, like for the local alt media stuff, is that it, it is the the deep hatred and distrust of the media. Yeah. And yeah, it might be a different um, diagnosis and definitely a different prescription, but it, it it's the same. 
same passion. It's Norman it's, Solomon corporate media, corporate stuff. media, yeah. like Robert McChesney kind of stuff. Uh, you know, manufacturing consent stuff with Chomsky. They're super into that, and they're like the corporate media is never going to give a shake. And they're we're in the tank for Hillary, and they're going to be in the tank for Biden or whoever it is this time. And so, it, you know, there is a certain amount of truth to that. It just in the way that there is a certain amount of truth to the to the Trump charge, which is just it, it's way too. It's like shooting with grape shot. You know, it's not like it's not a it's not directed in any way. It's like the fake news media and they come and they boo you and the rest of it. And I, uh, we talked about this um, last night on the Patreon 10 bucks on the Patreon thing, uh, which was, um, which was, I was in the press band when they, when Trump says, you know, these guys, these, and, and everyone turns around and boos. And then of course, like Jim Acosta was there. And like, of course they want to take pictures with him later and everyone's super nice to you. And then you realize it's all just wrestling that it's professional wrestling and, and, and you're the heel. But when, when you go outside of the arena and you see the heel getting into his bus, you take a picture with the guy. You see yeah. him. The CNN guys are, are used to that, right? They get like, Oh, you're the guy from CNN. And it, I think the Bernie one is actually much more potent and they want, they, if you are from an organization they don't like, it's going to be the same reaction uh, as the Trump thing. And they'll probably, I mean, there's so many democracy now, mm. um, uh, beanies, like winter. Toques. Oh, really? Yeah. Everyone's wearing the democracy. Wow. Now. Yeah, yeah. Sure. They love that stuff. You know, I mean, so yeah, that, that common thing of the media, I think that the most interesting part of this campaign, if Bernie, and I don't know if it's going to be true, but if Bernie, uh, takes the nomination, how the, uh, anti-Trump media, um, which I believe CNN and, and MSNBC qualifies anti-Trump media. Um, and that's not a criticism. It's just, that's, that's the balance. Um, what they will do when talking about Bernie, because they've had a lot of, a lot of time talking some shit about Bernie. Mm. And I just wonder how they'll, they'll, I mean, cause you saw like on the, what's his name? Um, um, Lou Dobbs, you know, I just found that clip where he's like John Bolton. The great, the greatest American. I don't know. Is he the greatest American hero? I don't know. Believe it or not, he's walking on air. Um, you younger people, just Google, Google lyrics. It's a good song. Um, and and then he's like, he's a snake and he's a traitor and he's a yellow belly and he's all this stuff. And I wonder if we can have those those clips for people on MSNBC. And let's yeah. let's be honest, we're rooting for it. Totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be great. Yeah. I just, I mean, anything that, that damages these uh, silly people who make a living saying silly things. Except for we just don't make a living our good it. friend, <laughs> By the way. Chris Cornell. It's we a, don't, Chris, Chris Cornell. Cornell. Keep your hands <laughs> off Chris Cornell. Yeah. He's, he's one of the yeah. best. Chris Cornell is Prognosticators. the best. Uh, Steve Kornacki is a good one. Uh, yeah. There's was, some people that are good. We've been going for a while. Sorry at at least long enough that. I know we wanted to talk about two other things. Oh, Jesus. We didn't have an opportunity to talk about the Kobe Ryan of it all. We last had to do week, a special episode um, on that. Which actually turned into to. a yeah. bit of a, a scandal with respect to Washington Post and some infighting that's taken place there. Um, and then the other story that I know was of interest to us was this American dirt mm -hmm. situation. So, Mm -hmm. Toss up. What are we going to do? We're going to talk about either of those things. Both I, of those. Both are, of those, those are, are long ones. Big heaves. Big man. heaves. Yeah. I think we do. A, I think we do a Patreon. Ten bucks. Uh, and <laughs> do one on both. And then we just. Get, oh my god. By the way, for the people that um, they're kind of, kind of related. They're kind of related yeah. in a way. Uh, th there's some overlap. In a way. Uh, to people that subscribe, we do have a bunch of stuff coming. Uh, forthcoming. We recorded one last night, but there's a few um, mm -hmm. a few other uh, uh, things we're dropping soon. And one of them is Camille's Hong Kong tapes. Mm -hmm. 
the Hong Kong tapes, how, which how may only coming? be so interesting to people at this point. Now that they've heard me talk about them here, I just talked to Ben uh, at the Federalist uh, just, about it just for a while. Do it. But I'm, I mean, we'll drop them. This is and this is like you'll hear my musings about Hong Kong before I had arrived at the conclusions that I laid out. For it's you while you're there, week. right? Yeah. Yeah, release them. There. Contemporary. What's going it's going on. I don't. I don't mind. Give the kids yeah. what they want. Okay. We, we recorded last night, and I um, put it up like an hour later. Yeah. What happened to you? That, that sorry. Sorry. What are you sorry for? I'm a better dad than you. What are you talking about? Having to do father things. You're, yeah. I'm That's sorry. Is your is your daughter up at 11:45 like sometimes, smoking cigarettes? And sometimes. Like, yeah. Yeah. She's trying to watch an MMA. Yeah. Yeah. Boys climbing through the window. Daddy, I love him. Oh, Seriously, to try to stop. Like, him. is that what Livy was doing? Because that, that's <laughs> plausible. Yeah, totally. yeah, doing that and like a bunch of gymnastics. The, be, the best thing ever, and maybe I should post it. Coming in second as um, second. <laughs> Come on, two places. Come what? on, first what? place, last place. Well, she came in first too. Only first, second overall for all the girls. Yeah, that's worse. We first, <laughs> first. This is like a lot of girls. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, no, in the uh, I should post this video of uh, we were we were flying to uh, Florida and she, I I looked over at her seat and she had her headphones on. She was watching Bob Ross. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, there's a kid's channel you can watch. Like, and she's just sitting there watching Bob Ross paint. Uh, yeah. And so I, I filmed her and I filmed her with headphones on telling me what Bob Ross was saying. And it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's just her like cracking up, like talking about his language and his soft spoken stuff. So maybe I'll post that. Did yeah. you tell him? Did you tell her that he died twenty five years ago? I think she figured that one out. <laughs> she <laughs> yeah, did, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I did mention the other night the uh, the uh, last night one the uh, thing that she did on the um, Ellis Island where they pick a pick an immigrant, right? So you, do, you pick this pick an immigrant and you go when you're on Ellis Island and, and you do the it's like a famous one. And she picked Nar- Martina Navratilova. Oh God! And it said, uh, um, inf- "Like, what's important information about her?" And uh, and she, the two sentences said, "She escaped. She's gay." It's like <laughs> <laughs> facts, factually accurate. I would, I would put like was pretty good at tennis. Also, maybe like in the first. Couple. Oh, she has no idea what tennis is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so she's never, never heard of that sport. But, uh, but yeah. So I'll, it's just my boring life. Camille brought it up. What are you looking at me like that for? <laughs> uh, we should do a, a big Kobe Felicia Sumnez mm-hmm. thing at some point. Okay. I got some thoughts, man. Mm. We got an email. They don't, they don't fit in five minutes. We got an email yesterday mm-hmm. on Patreon um, from someone requesting that you guys, that's Matt and Camille, uh, do a special dispatch where we talk about sports and they gave you the guidance of what, what they want huh. to talk about. Uh, there's also been a, a, a couple of requests to talk about the Astros yeah, among yeah, the baseball fans yeah, here yeah, yeah, who are yeah, not Camille. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to be involved in that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I once had an Astros jersey. Really? Nolan Ryan jersey. Nolan Ryan. You should have a Colt 45s like jersey. Cole it's a 45. Mitchell Ness, you know, one of those. It comes down to your knees. Uh, go look at the uh, Astros used to be called the Colt 45s when they first started uh, in the uh, in the early 60s. Works every time. And the iconography of them, including there's one. The gun. Yeah. Uh, so it's guns and just like, you know, the, the, the uh, Yosemite Sam types. Um, but also like uh, day glow color uniforms and the Astrodome. It's all very confusing. Um, but there's at least one, I think, like a program guy. What do you call the thing when you walk into the stadium and they give you the this program? Program. program. Um, that is like <laughs> super duper psychedelic. It's a psychedelic Houston. I believe it's Colt 45s. It might be the Astros, but it's the 60s. Super, uh, clearly, the person who made it 
and who distributed it just like was taking all the acid. Wait, and they, I, you know, the first person to pick it up was probably Doc Ellis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, man, this looks pretty this good. This finally makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that whole thing's fake, by the way. Just so you know. I'm a revisionist on Doc Ellis. I think he made the whole thing up. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he pitched an idea. That's uh, Patreon level three yeah, right yeah, there. I don't think it's true. Okay. I don't think it's true. Should you get out of here? Let's go home. Let's go. All, all right. right. Bye. 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 We know of new methods of attack. Broken heart.